Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And joining us in the studio today, we've got a very special guest. Wait, make that two guests. Introduce yourselves. Uh, Hey, I'm Brendan Halloran. Uh, I'm on a show called Space Janitors uh, that is on uh, the Geek and Sundry YouTube network. And I'm Andy Hull, and I am also featured on that same show. On that particular program. That particular program. That particular program. Oh, and you guys also write on the show, right? Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, so we write on it. Me and Andy write with uh, two other people, and then uh, I'm in it. I play one of the janitors of the Space Janitors, and uh, I play your dad. You play my the puppet version of my dad. Yeah, (laughs) is that the puppet version of your dad? Uh, Well, you know, in the show, Brendan's dad is a fish man. Um, (laughs) He's a fish puppet. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to watch to find out more. Exactly. Please stay tuned. Do you guys want to explain what the concept of the show is? Oh, yeah, it's super simple. You can explain it in literally two seconds. We are janitors on a Death Star-like station. Yeah. Ah. It's kind of like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, we're never involved in any of the cool main battles. It's that we're always involved in petty squabbles over our our really crappy lives. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's definitely like the the behind-the-scenes look at uh, life on a giant Death Star. It's really funny. If you guys haven't checked it out or heard of it, or if you have and for some reason you haven't watched all the episodes, which is... Go Which watch them all. Watch doesn't the actually make any sense. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch one, I, I was like that. I was like, oh, I'll watch a couple of these. And then before I knew it, I just didn't work for two days and I just watched all of them. Um, yep. You got to just. Once you start, <laughs> you Wow, we owe you some money, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, go to work. It's okay, Josh. No, also... no, no. I was at work. Yeah. Was... Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. uh, I see what's going on here. It's yeah. the classic two birds with one stone. Uh, and you guys are on the podcast because you guys contacted us over Twitter and turns out. You guys are also EDH slash Commander players, uh, and so we had a couple of uh, uh, game nights, and it was quite fun to play against you guys. It was really cool meshing our, our metas together for a brief moment. Absolutely. Is this the first time you guys have had fans of your show on your show? Because <laughs> uh, like, essentially, our, like most of our players essentially, now, that's we what are Command is. Zone listeners. Like, <laughs> we listen to the Command well, Zone. Well, that's really cool, because I was going to say, is it because we're, we're fans of your show. Yeah, there you go. Does that mean we get to be on the Space Generation next? Yeah, you know you, it, it does. It does. <laughs> we, have Absolutely. The, we have the go-ahead, and we're going to say it. Yes, you can guarantee Josh Lee Kwai, Jimmy Wong on Space Janitors. Get, I, I somehow like think Jimmy is uh, worth a little bit more in that occasion <laughs> than I am. <laughs> yes, guys, I'm afraid this price may be a little too steep. You're going to need to pay me. You're going to need to pay me with a couple of alliances in the next game we play. <laughs> just, a, just a couple of small Here things. Whatever. You'll take $100 a day. Yeah. And you'll <laughs> like it. Extra I'll take rules. it. Do I get food? Oh, yeah. The, oh, the food, food on set is actually the I'll best be part there of doing until the, show. the food runs out. It's yeah. amazing, actually. The, yeah. one thing, the, the one thing that's like the greatest. Yeah, that, that's true. The, the food, the craft on Space Janitors is unreal for some reason. Like, I've been on 
movies and TV shows, and so is Brendan. And like we always say, nothing compares to the for some reason the food on Space Jam. Well, anyway, now I'm super great. excited. You yeah. need to tell me what company you guys hired so I can hire them myself for the yeah. next thing I do. Oh my gosh. You just Go. need to tell me where set is so I can just show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not hiring any companies. Yeah, Josh will walk in with like a walkie in one hand. And, and a backpack. Like, yeah. <laughs> Arms crossed, sunglasses, pretend like he's like doing something and just you see him sneaking baguettes into his yeah. backpack. I'll be like, look, Darth Vader. Everyone turns. Everyone will Where'd turn. Where'd the food go? <laughs> if you say that, everyone will turn. Yeah. It's like I could have swore we had like a thousand Starbursts a second ago. <laughs> so actually we're going to do something we've never done before. We have a clip from the show. No way. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. wow. That's so sounds great. Everybody can get a little taste, and then a probably sampling. what will happen, I'm assuming, is they will then pause our show, go watch all of the episodes of Space Janitor, yeah. and then and come hopefully back. come back. Hey, Mike. You ever notice when the Rebels come on board, they never shoot at us? Yeah, it's the best. They can at least acknowledge that we're here. What, by blasting us? No. A little eye contact would be nice. Maybe shoot at us and miss. You know, I think the Squall Troopers actually came closer to hitting us. The Rebels treat us like we're insignificant, but they don't even know who we are. We could be important Imperial guys. Yeah, but it's Janitor right here, though, right? The point is, they don't know we're the true keepers of the station. We technically have access to every room on board. We tune the hyperdrive, we maintain the giant laser. Clean the barf out of the flight simulator, keep the urinal cake stacked. Yeah, for now. But I'm going somewhere. And someday, I'm going to be somebody someone's going to want to shoot at. Hey, if it's any consolation, I think you already should be shot. Thanks, man. That was not a compliment. So should we prepare a conversation for them by the time they hit play on this again? Like, and they've grown out like two days of facial hair? <laughs> yeah. Or we should just prepare like a razor and some. <laughs> our, episodes, yeah. our episodes are eight minutes long, everyone. Yeah. So yeah. you'll be back through in a cool how many seasons minutes. now? Yeah. There's four, I think? Three seasons. Three seasons. Three seasons. Three I'm seasons. wanting it fourth then. Yeah. Because that's the one that we're going to be That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> when I said it took me two days, that's like I was drinking a lot of water and going to the restroom in between like every episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. You yeah. slept and you had a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Lunch fourth breaks season is just that's actually everyone sitting down and playing EDH. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, I'm sure you guys have ideas on who uh, who each of the... Uh, who Who's the commander that Darth Vader would play? What what is his dude? I've actually never thought of that. I I've love this question because we asked it uh, in our last week's episode about famous people you'd like to play commander with, and like Einstein came up, uh, and it was like. <laughs> so like now we got fictional characters. Um, Obnixilis. Oh, okay, I like that too. Unshackled. Yeah. No Unshackled. The yeah. new one. Yeah, yeah. 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 No like searching, that. and if you do, you just take. A, he just chokes you out, man. Yeah, yeah there you that's go. A good call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like uh, Lim Duel, the necromancer. Ooh. Blue black. I think Vader would be blue I black. Think he's, but, mm-hmm. Lim, the just the Lim. No, he's Duel. just black. He's just black. Just yeah. black. Oh, right, that one he, is. You're right. Something you're right. dies. He can yeah, he's three and two black. I think. Uh, the um, I was gonna say like he has to have red in him, but I guess that would be the younger version of himself had the rage. No, Darth Maul's red. Darth Maul is definitely red. Yeah, yeah. Darth okay. Maul's black. No, I'd say Darth like, Maul's like a green white token <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> really like a populate kind of guy. Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. really. <laughs> That's great. Okay, um, so let's. Uh, Let's move on to the show. Uh, we have a good show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about, uh, I mentioned it earlier, combining metagames. So that is going to be our main topic and sort of what happens when you get two groups uh, playing together or just differences between playgroups because there's a lot of playgroups out there. You can go to your local game score and play with someone else and just have a completely different experience. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, Dragons of Tarkir, we've had some questions. We want to spoil everything, but we record the show a week before we release it usually, like four or five days. 
And so we're not going to get to that until our next episode. And do you Yeah, a lot of people is? have been asking us for the review and when it's going to happen. And it's actually going to happen the week after pre-release. Correct. So it'll be one week after this show. Just logistically, that's just the way we have to do it. Otherwise, we'd have to sort of do half of it and then half of it later. And yeah. then uh, it'll just yeah. get annoying. Anyway, just to... listen to the limited resources <laughs> because you don't need the EDH review for the pre-release. You need the limited yeah, exactly. resources review. So yeah, Plus, gonna... you need about eight hours to get through that. So <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, it's like spending two days watching all the Space Janitors. <laughs> it really takes that long. Yeah. You can maybe do both at the same time. Who knows? And just absorb none of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, doing, you're just consuming so much content that your brain just shuts off. And by the end, you think you're a little smarter, hopefully. <laughs> Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, Brendan's actually commander deck, which is Xenagos, God of Revels. So we're, the second half of the show will be a breakdown of that commander. Xenagod. Um, yeah, we haven't done one of the gods. Oh, no, we did. We did, did. Crew Fix. Did. Yeah, yeah, you did. Look at that. Andy calling me on I it. Know, right? I know, right? Wow, what True a fan. fan of the show. Jeez. You know what, Josh? Wow. God, so we're going to be, we're gonna <laughs> be <laughs> on our A game. <laughs> Usually, I don't get called out for the mistakes I made until Twitter the day after the yeah. show came out. I'm and not used like, to like during the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, but remember well, in episode 12, you said that wasn't very good? I feel like the question I get every time is like, do you actually know how trample works? And I'm like, no, I don't. I just, <laughs> no My idea. bad. Yeah. I'm not a judge. Sorry, guys. A um, um, couple of things really quick. One, uh, uh, I want to shout out a couple of our listeners. Uh, three of them, actually. Woo. Emma, Audrey, and Nora, who yes. are... The daughters of Mike Murphy, they live in Burnsville, Minnesota, and I understand that they listen to us um, on their drive to school. So. Yeah, which is great. Hi, so, girls. Hopefully, you guys are cheering in your car right now. Uh, Mike, we answered one of Mike's questions last week, so thank you for the question. Uh, and also, I'd like to note that Emma plays an Angel's deck. Audrey is all about mono red burn. Yo, fist bump, Audrey. And Nora is a green machine. Audrey is like your soulmate, almost. Yeah, in terms of deck building? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mono yeah. red burn? She knows what's going on. That's I'd- what I did when I first played. Audrey must be really at home living in Burnsville, Minnesota. That is actually oh. true. That's crazy. I love that. She's Vorthosy. She's yeah. seriously Vorthosy. Yeah, yeah really you works. sisters should should take a look at what Audrey's doing and take some notes, guys. Come on. And uh, girls, pay attention to the mail in the next few days because there might be something in there for you when your dad gets his prizes. Uh-oh. Yeah. A massive bill. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah. yeah Sorry, exactly. the power bill's in. And uh, I wanted to touch on something else really quick before we get into the main topic. Um, GP Vegas. GP Vegas is going to be May 28th through the 31st. But where is it going to be held? It's going to be held in Las Vegas. It's going to be held in uh, Toledo, Ohio. For some reason, we're calling it Grand Prix. We're taking it to Burnsville, guys. (laughs) Um, So... We've we've had a lot of contact with our listeners recently. We want I wanted to talk about this really quick because I want everybody to know that Jimmy and I will be there. Um, oh yeah. Also, our sister podcast, the guys from the the Masters of Modern, Alex and Ben, they're gonna they're planning on be there. Um, Craig our, Blanchett, our friend Craig is gonna be there. A, a whole bunch of Magic personalities will be there, but it'll be a good chance. Um, a lot of people have been like, "Oh, I'd love to play EDH with you guys." If you're ever gonna be a GP in our area or an event, well, this is going to be a place. Where you can come find us and we can have some EDH throwdowns, yeah. uh, maybe do some conspiracy drafts. Modern Masters Two is going to be out. We're thinking about Com- a big bo- combination draft. Yeah, a big combo oh, Modern Masters Two conspiracy draft. Uh, Andy, Brendan, I'm trying to talk them into coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a brief. You know, it's four hours away. We can it's make four it. Four hours away jump. and only four days of straight of playing Magic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Great. Doesn't sound awesome. Yeah, it's a man vacation. It's great. It sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Andy. Yeah. Andy just has to fly from Toronto. That's right. That's oh, all. Right. Simple flight back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only here visiting. Brendan, Brendan lives here at least. 
We're trying uh, to talk you into living into moving here too. Yes. And the weather's actually doing most of the talking. Dude, yeah, exactly. The talking's <laughs> being done for you by Mother Nature. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's going to be a great place to come hang out with a bunch of magic personalities, including us. Um, I would encourage you if you can make it out to uh, check it out. And it's a couple months out, so I said out a lot. That's what happened there. Get mm-hmm. out there, play to your outs, and <laughs> let me tell you something. If you're going to play EDH against these guys at GP Vegas. Bring your good decks. These yeah, guys oh don't bring have killer decks, man. Yeah. Beyond don't bring your the one game. that you're just like, eh, I threw this together last night. We'll see what it does. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Maybe I'll bring that deck. Do you guys want to talk about this? Is, this will lead us into like how you got into EDH specifically? Because I, re- I understand that you started out drafting mostly. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, so what, what sort of happened to get you into this format? Well, um, you pulled a Xenagos. This format, I literally uh, I, I looked it up on the internet. And I, I, I had heard of, of this sort of format the, called Commander or something. And I, I, uh, I had a 60-card not standard Trostani deck because I just started out and I pulled that in a draft. Oh, nice. And I was like, oh, this, this, like, uh, this Commander thing. Like, it, I, I, like, it's all sort of themed. It's very theme-based. You know, that works out really well. So I put one together. I put a Trostani Commander, EDH, all, all Return of Ravnica cards because that's kind of when I started playing. Fortunately and, uh, for you, there's a you lot of from... populate and tokens in that. There's a set, ton. There so. was enough True. to make an EDH yeah. deck out of. Like honestly, it was. A... You build it from scratch or first from scratch. That's pretty straight from scratch. Actually. I went. I picked up. Uh, I eventually, like maybe even like just like a day or two later, went and grabbed a couple extra cards for it and stuff. But really, uh, yeah, I just kind of had a bunch of stuff from drafting and and built this deck and convinced uh, our other friend uh, Butler to uh, also do the same thing. And then him and I would play back and forth. And then we it just spread. Our play group just grew and and once we had something to do with our drafted cards people were wait were more into spending money on magic for some reason like right it's more fun to draft if you know right. you're going to take those cards and you'll be able to turn it yeah. into yeah because like and then andy got me into it because he came up and he was like hey there's this format where we can take all of our drafted cards and you can put them <laughs> into a deck and he's like and the thing is that commons will be good in this <laughs> and, and i was like oh that sounds awesome because yep. i have a lot of commons and, and these commons are kind of worthless but now they're good and yeah. that lasted for like two weeks yeah <laughs> maximum <laughs> two weeks andy, andy lied, lied. Andy, lied. Like, andy my commons aren't really good in this you yeah. guys keep buying cards and uh, yeah buddy you got to keep up yeah <laughs> you know like, and by yeah. then you're too far into it too far into it and if then you, you ever you wanted to know down. what an arms race felt like guess what yeah, that's oh, it that's absolutely it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. yeah then all of a sudden it's just like well i gotta i gotta go home and research because i'm my wednesday nights are awful and that's what <laughs> and, and honestly that's what happened we we had we had this kind of smallish play group of edh guys there's about three of us and one night, a new guy came, and he uh, was from Calgary, and he had played with some of the guys who started the format, uh, oh, some of the Canadian guys, because I know there's some guys in Alaska, and there's mm-hmm, some guys mm-hmm. in Calgary. Anyways, he, he worked at a store, and he played with these guys a lot, and he, he, he was pulling out, like, Super Friends decks, and, right. like, tricked out, like... And you have your all from decks. one box. I know, deck. His I know. deck has like spinner rims. You're like, how is that even possible? I'm, I'm, I'm playing with a tricycle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I had my like Simic evolving deck and it was just, I just got trampled. Of course, we, you know, all of us did. And then we were like, well, if Nick's in this play group, we got to tune up. Right, <laughs> so right. we had to go out and buy a bunch of cards. It's pretty common. That's what happens is like one person in the play group will sort of push the yeah. play group. Yeah. Somebody else might yes. be. One person ruins it for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the look on your guys' faces when you're playing. I don't think he ruined it. Uh, Not at all. Yeah, no, yeah. You guys seem like willing participants. Push the envelope Open just the a door for bit. us, really. Yeah, we are all adults with disposable incomes. <laughs> and by disposable, I mean. We're buying cardboard. And by disposable, I mean I dispose of it and then I don't have any. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, the cards have value, Josh. <laughs> they retain it's an investment. it. This is all an investment. That's what we tell ourselves. And your mom's just shaking her head from wherever she is in the world, being like, and yeah. then, sure, investment, <laughs> whatever you say. This so is this, my child's college fund. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a child's college fund. Yeah. This mm-hmm. cool thing happened, I think, that happens um, quite often when you have a playgroup and you play mostly with your playgroup and then you find somebody else who also plays and they have their playgroup. And mm-hmm. what happens is all of a sudden you're like, well, you should come play with us. Or they ask you to come play with them. And this really cool thing happens where all of a sudden it's like you're in this alternate universe. It's like you know the rules of the game, but meta... meta Metas between playgroups can be like, they can be crazy different. Oh, yeah, different absolutely. Yeah. They can be insanely different. And so, you know, this is a way to really improve actually at the game is it's just like a job or something. You know, if you've been in the same job for 20 years and then yeah. you go to a new job, it's like all of a sudden, even if it's similar, it's just a new place thinks a different way, does things a different way. And all of a sudden you feel like you, you were narrow. Yeah. Whereas if you worked at like five jobs over four years at different places, you know, First of all, you're doing something wrong because you're getting fired a lot. But also, <laughs> or you're just quitting a bunch. You just know you just know a lot of different ways to you know solve problems or think different ways around things because you've been exposed right. to like oh th- at this place they thought this way and this other place they think this way and now I come in contact with a problem and I have two ways to tackle it right right so it's it's very similar to that I really like mixing playgroups I really like going and playing with other playgroups something Jimmy and I have been doing a lot recently and uh, it was really nice to have you guys come in because. Honestly, I learned a lot from that, too. Um, We'll get into that. But this is a way to sort of not stagnate. Because if you're with five or six of the same people playing all the time, only them, it can get really insulated and it can get really... Oh, yeah. Super meta, super specific. Yeah. These guys all have, you know, graveyard decks. So, like, half your deck is graveyard hate. Right, exactly. You can't bring that to another playgroup. It's just not going to work, you know? Well, yeah, because they might not have any graveyard synergy. And all of a sudden, like, half your answers are like, oh, I don't even need this card. (laughs) This card does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's good just to see. And then you're going to take something from that playgroup that you just played against... And be like, oh, they're doing this. Bring it to you. back to your playgroup, and all of a sudden, like your playgroup is like mind blown. What you can <laughs> yeah. do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so yeah, it, you can attack with creatures. What, <laughs> what? traditional what, yeah. damage to death? <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting when I played was uh, we see a lot of deck lists, and like people are like, can I see your deck list? I'm like, sure, but that like I think a deck list is really not a deck if you if you think about it because it requires you to play against it. And you don't see a lot of the synergies when they're listed out by creatures, spell, enchantment. Because each of those cards, like, if you had to draw lines between each of them, it would just be this huge mesh of stuff. And it's hard to understand unless you play against a certain deck. So playing against you guys was great because we were able, like, I was able to see, like, Zendigos, like, really go off in a way that I wouldn't have been able to visualize if I just saw, like, five separate cards on the screen. Mm. It really helps a lot to play against the deck because when you see a card actually played against you and you, you watch the interaction happen, it kind of opens up your horizons. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I love it when you have a deck and you're like, oh, this 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 is a two card combo, or like not infinite necessarily, but like this is a two card combo that works. Oh, and this one also works with this, and it also works into these three cards together. And then that's that's like building that spider web of a deck is my spider web is a really good way to put it. Yeah. And I think when you're building synergy within your deck, you're kind of you want that spider web, right? It's it's like when there's only two interactions, and then you put a third one in there. It's just not strong enough to hold anything. Mm-hmm. And then as you keep crisscrossing that spider web, and now it can really hold, you know, your deck, and it can really hold the amount of power you need to like win yeah. win games. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, it gives you that flexibility. It. So it's like if you're not drawing the things that you need to see, you at least have a different side strategy or something like that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good point. Is like a lot of decks, not every deck, but they're gonna want another. They're gonna want a main way to win. And then maybe one or two other ways that they could win if 
the bad thing happens and they tuck your general or they, ex- they exile that one card that you really need or yeah. you know or they put out the one enchantment that just shuts down your deck so yeah um one of the things just to get it started that i noticed immediately when you guys sat down that was different than our playgroup and our playgroup maybe wasn't used to is you were using the gods yeah um you know andy you had an afara deck yeah and brendan you played the xenagos deck a couple times Mm -hmm. and you know i think one of the advantages of the way you guys came into the game which is through draft kind of recently in the last couple years Mm -hmm. your uh, decks both seem to embrace the newer cards maybe faster than our than our group had you know our group had been playing for a little while and so when new cards come in you take a couple of them, sure. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. but you're naturally were sort of motivated to use a lot more of the new cards, and so not just the gods, but a few of the other cards. I was like, man, I should have thought of using that card, but I sort of wrote it off and never looked at it again. And because you were sort of, you know, that was your card pool, mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting. It was pretty, you know, there were some advantages to be gained. The gods themselves are just if you're not ready for them, they're very hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I th- I think a lot of it comes from from like my decks come from. Uh, the fact that I'm constantly building them and I can't stop. Uh, like I, 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 I feel I, you, brother. I, I feel always, you. I'm One's always. One's done, on to the next, kind of. Like, like if a set doesn't have good, like good commander legendary creatures in it, I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, yeah, I don't really care though, because you know. And and honestly, uh, this uh, cons of Tarkir, oh my gosh, uh, had some Filled. really great ones, right? Like yeah. really cool ones. But here's the thing: like they're good, they're three color, they're generals, but like they're not necessarily super strong. Uh, on their own, right? Like Anafenza is great against... except Narset. Yeah, yeah. and Nar- <laughs> Narset is the one I was like, okay, maybe I'll do Narset. I think I'll, it just I'll takes, do that. It really just takes one more to hexproof, and your power and level in EDH jumps like exactly four notches. And you have so many options with her too. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of stuff you can do with it. I like that. But like Sadisi is like, okay, it's a graveyard style deck, but it's just it's spitting out a couple tokens. I mean, you can you can uh, amplify that that ability yeah. to make it very good, but like on its own. So I was looking for something like really broken and bonkers and I and I didn't I didn't find it but um I still I still um, have Sidisi and I still have uh, I am still, I'm working on a nurse I'm looking deck, forward so. to building a Sidisi slash Tysiger deck because the I've never built in those colors. So I what I really liked about these sets specifically is that A I think like one for Vorthos and for storytelling, like have more legendary creatures because they're gonna be the protagonists or the mm. antagonists of your story or whatever. And Wizards did themselves a great service, I think, because it's also like, look, now you're also opening up more three-color combinations. You're giving them names for yes. every EDH player out there that looks at a legendary creature and immediately ticks it up a little bit more in their book because it says a legend or whatever next to it. Definitely. So, so yeah, like I, I've been, I'm always on the lookout for that, and I tend to, you know, um, because we we draft a fair amount. We're, we're lucky where we have like a group of eight or nine guys who we can usually get about six of them together and draft. You guys seem to have the same thing going on here. Like not everyone has that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. lucky to have that. And, and so we draft a, a decent amount and, and try and actively use those. We'll go buy singles also, of course. But um, I think we we have more room for those kinds of cards. I have the other decks that I've tried to uh, really tune up. And I'm, I'm, I'm always looking to put a new card in. And then I'm just like, yeah, but it's just not good enough. Right? And that <laughs> yeah. happens, right? Like, right. that happens. Yeah, and building through the draft, it forces you to be a little bit more uh, creative, yeah. too. And mm-hmm. it makes it forces you to think about cards in a different way. Like, I only have a Xenagos deck because I 
drafted as Enigos. And I was like, well, I guess technically I could make a deck of, of this. Right. And then just mashed a whole bunch of things together. Because I don't want to, like, I don't really want to go out and spend a hundred bucks on cards yeah. if I don't have to. Right. So a lot of it just comes through of just like, okay, well, I drafted these things. Now I need to offset some of the stuff that's terrible in here. But then well, hopefully you can get it up to up to speed there. Yeah. Well, and Xenagos is one of those generals, I think, you know, looking at your deck. And it was very powerful when we played. Um it's not expensive to build that deck at all. So this is going to be a good episode uh, when we break down that deck for people that, you know, don't have, don't want to spend a ton of money, which yeah. I think is most people, you know, nobody wants to just go out and drop $600 yeah. to build a deck from scratch, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's Especially nice to they're... just go out and, and, like, you need Xenagos and maybe, like, 50 bucks, and this deck will be able to stand toe-to-toe with most things out there, yeah. um, you know, which is, which is great. And that's the great thing about our format is, like, yeah. you know, we've said this many times, and we get a lot of emails from people saying... Oh, I've got a friend in my playgroup, and he just outspends everybody. And how do we beat him? And it's like I'm like, listen, if you just see the amount of dollar signs that they spend and think that they're automatically winning, like you're doing it wrong, right? You know, there's yeah. a lot of cards for our format that are very inexpensive that you know do the things you need to do. Oh, absolutely, and, and specifically deal with the cards that cost much more. Oh, than yeah, the ones almost every buying. card that deals with a card, the card dealing with it is way is one tenth the price of the yeah. card it's dealing yeah. with. So. Right, and plus the fact that you're largely playing in like a group setting too. If one guy's going off, then three other people are going to be like, "Well, we're, we'll we'll all team up and stop him." Yeah, so right, right. Just necessarily well, having the most overpowered deck doesn't mean you're even going to win because everyone's out for you. Because yep. it's a self policing format, we like exactly. to say. And you know, that's an interesting thing. I'm glad you brought that up because another big difference I saw when we played was politics. Mm-hmm. Like we're super political. Yeah, yeah, our group, guys, yeah. Our we're group, rolling dice to see who gets hit first. Just oh, like we're even just, until we, you die. We just talk the whole time. We're always trying to convince at least a. <laughs> like yeah. I don't think there's. And I will say this about you, uh, Josh. You are one of the finest talkers that I <laughs> yeah. have seen in a game of Magic. <laughs> no question. Because I had I had my move all in my head, and then all of a sudden you started talking to me, and I was like, "Is this guy like like putting a spell on me or something?" <laughs> I don't know that I want to do that. I mean, maybe I do want to attack Jimmy, you know? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden, I'm dead. Yeah. And oh, Josh well, is no. sitting there like, that was a good idea. <laughs> As he flicks through his cards, I'm like, oh, come on. You you are so good at convincing people that... And, and it's almost like I'm, like you're, you're intense about it during the game. And I'm like, oh, man, man, Josh doesn't want me to attack him. I'm like, okay, I guess I won't. <laughs> like, oh, man. like. But then after, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, great move, man. It's like, oh, wow, I... I got played by these guys uh, back well, home. It's like, we, you know, we get five, four or five guys sitting around. It's like, well, you are you're doing the best right now. So I'm going to attack you. And everyone's like, fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's true. It's a lot more. No, like we're it, not like that. There's a lot more convoluted in our group, too. There's a lot more just like, I'm coming after you. I hate you so yeah, much. I hate you. So much. Yeah. You got yeah. to mitigate that hate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes yeah. That'll, that'll happen occasionally in our group. I feel like everyone is always so invested in the idea that a few words could get them out of a loss that it's like, all right, great, I'm going to launch a presidential campaign so I yep. don't die right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that we're in L.A. Everybody's like dabbled in acting or improv yeah, or something, so every person sort. thinks that they're like charismatic enough to, and <laughs> as a result, they are. Yeah, and yep. so yeah, and I, I, I love the idea that you're going to go back to your playgroup now and you're going to use all these tricks. <laughs> That oh. you've seen, because that will spread it to them. They'll start doing it, and like yeah. the politics of EDH is really what puts it in the level of like awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. just sitting there playing your cards is great, 
But when you're like playing the people and like literally trying to Jedi mind trick people into doing the things that you need them to do, like that's where the game it sort of takes on like live action role playing a little bit. It's yeah. weird because I, I honestly think uh, the the way our playgroup has evolved with the the politics side mm-hmm. of things directly has to do with us playing the Battlestar Galactica board game. <laughs> oh, that is an amazing comparison. The finest board yes. game there is. Finest board game there is. There's it's all politics. It's yeah. all trying to convince Deception. people you're 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 helping when you're not. Mm-hmm. That not kind of thing. So it, it honestly though, it's gotten to the point with us where we're all very good at this game now. We all know each other's ticks and we all know each other's you know spiels. That it's like it's like you know I'll try and talk to Scott about something. He'll be like. Don't even bother. I know exactly what you're going to say, and you don't even need to say anything. I know how you play. Yeah, you, guys exactly. should, you guys should try I know. Resistance if you've never played that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have that. Oh, nice. I have Resistance, so we have played that. Resistance, Resistance is, a riot is like as well. the, the 15-minute Battlestar Galactica. Like, if you don't have four hours to yeah. commit yes, to a Battlestar yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. And I, even, yeah. Well, when I was first learning to play Magic, we my play group, I mean, they didn't have games like Resistance and stuff then, but we play Mafia all the time. Oh, you yeah. need a board game. And that's, I think, where it comes from. Is like At that same time, we were playing both those games like all the time. And so it was just natural for like Mafia to sort of... We didn't have Commander at the time either. We would just play with 60-card decks, but with five guys. You oh, know? really? You, you played multiplayer with 60? Yeah, it was just free-for-all. Oh, really? yeah. 60-card 60 sure. 60 decks, because we didn't know. There was no Commander. I don't even know if Legends was even out yet, so there might not have been any legendary creatures. But Back in the day. Yeah, I mean the format obviously didn't exist, but we were still playing multiplayer, and the political aspect was really, oh, wow. you know, something we latched onto from an early from an early point, and uh, it's super fun. I'm um, just a big advocate of the uh, the I'm going to call it the custom Josh Lee Kwai move, which is the man. Things aren't going so good right now for me. Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, I don't know, uh, man. It seems like you got a lot of stuff out there. Man. No, it's like, no, no. It's just like, if you it, could see what I see back here, yeah, uh, you like know. you like wave the cards in front of their face. Yeah. They're like, I don't know. I think you're actually. I think you won the game. You're like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. You, you know. know what though? It's, it's I mean, it's, this combo's only infinite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It, it's easier to do that though when you're playing against new people. Like when when we played uh, the first night we played Commander, mm-hmm. we we'd never seen. Not only are your decks different from the commanders that they that they have, right? Like right. I'm thinking specifically the um, Chromat, uh, Riku, and the oh Chromat, right, Riku right? and Chromat. Yeah, yeah, every every one of Josh's decks are, is never representative represented by the commander specifically. And, and your Anafenza too, to to uh, yeah. to an extent, right? Like. So we're seeing these commanders, and we're like, okay, I guess I can know what to expect from there. But then it's different. Right. And on top of that, it's like, you don't know anyone's commander deck anyways when you sit right. down with them. If you've For never the played them before. Time, yeah. So it's like, you're, you're putting out uh, two out of three pieces of an infinite combo that's going to destroy everyone. But like, we're like, okay, well, I'm not really familiar with those cards. So yeah, okay, that, they look fine to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> What's that one doing? Yes, yes, that doesn't on. seem bad. Yeah. It, just, it just does this. You know? yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, fine. And I know, because I've done that move exactly. I've, I've done that move <laughs> so many times. It's like, oh, this guy, well, he just taps for you know, whatever. Well, I got to say, like, yeah, we're, of course, licking our chops when you guys sit down because I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah they, don't know, they have no idea. So yeah, I can just yeah. convince them of anything yeah. because they don't and know. And at the same time, we're sitting down there, too, and I'm doing things that, like, if we were in our other play group, I was just like, oh, I would never be able to do this. Someone yeah. Would stop me, yeah. surely, from doing yeah. this. But then you're just like, okay, well, went through. Like, you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> the first time you like threw down the axe and someone died, it was like, oh, we should probably deal with this yeah. now. Right. But it's like too little, too late, boys. It's a little too late. Here comes in, it goes. Oh, but you also, um, like, I always got off to a hot start in that first game. I was like, things are going very well for yeah. me. And then yes. all of a sudden, it comes around to Jimmy, and he just looks down, fills with his cards for a little second, and he just looks up to me, and he goes, well, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't, but how? But how? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. I have to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, you were literally going to kill yeah. everyone. Yeah. So, or, or more specifically, me. Well, and it put me in a really tough decision, because I was like, well, if I don't kill him, I'm he's going to kill me. If I do kill him... 
everyone else is going to kill me because now I'm when you're out. when you're playing with new people and that deck is very much in a like even if you have nothing else on the board it can just do 20 damage to you if you if you can't you know mm-hmm. then you almost have to kill that guy because you don't know him well enough to know which person he's going to attack yeah so you don't know if, when you're safe or not so it's like well I, I nobody else that i can that i know right now can just kill me out of nowhere except that deck so i have to um so I think that kind of hurt you that time. Although you'd hit, I think you'd hit him for like thirty damage. Or yeah, yeah you, I was, I was already. No, on the brink I was of the death. victim. Everyone, I was the victim. <laughs> You're just throwing haymakers. That's all Xenagos does. Speaking of that deck specifically, one of the things that was very different was the speed of each other's decks. Um, and your Xenagos deck was all about ramping and getting out lethal very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that is definitely going to always be the one factor that goes up or down based on whether or not like a different play group because everyone has is used to like oh yeah turn four kills are just normal or like oh no no we wait until turn nine because everyone's trying to do some more crazy dirtly stuff but that is going to be i think the biggest difference and that's sort of like the defining factor of what makes like legacy so competitive because it's like you have to have creatures that are below three cmc otherwise they're just unrealistically not castable because you might just die before then so it's interesting with edh i found that your deck was nice it was sort of right in the middle where Everyone's still getting their stuff out. They're happy to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that's going to stop them is something that can trample and just murder them in the face. Because yeah. that's the big thing that your deck is able to just sort of cleave someone in half. Yeah, and if it's going very well, it happens, you know, fairly quickly. But still, it takes a lot. There's a lot of lands and, and things that need to come out first. Yeah, I feel like it needs to, it needs to go in the right uh, order yeah. <laughs> very much so for that deck. But um, but overall, it's it's pretty fast, right? Like. You and I built like, it as a response to, you, you know, A, because I had it, but then B, also because, like, in our play group, I was noticing that things were starting to slow down more. And I was yeah, like, well, yeah. it, the longer I get these games go on, I'm not winning as much. So what if I just built something that was, like, had to be dealt with now? Yeah. That's a really smart thing uh, is to attack your meta that way. And I mm-hmm. think people can learn a lot from that idea. And as, uh, on the other side of that, sometimes a meta is really fast. And you can be like, okay, well, I'm not going to win with a fast deck, but I can build the type of deck that just has enough tools to last until later. Yeah. And then, you know, and you can build your deck the opposite way Walls, and slow baby. your... Yeah, you, it's Pillow <laughs> Fort, you know, that's what yeah. they call it. And um, I think our playgroups were nicely matched in that area because we have Craig in our meta who likes to play a lot of Infect. Right. And uh, Jimmy yeah. has a couple fast fast decks. And so, you know, the Xenagos deck is very fast and it just so happened that... Our playgroup's also used to like stuff swinging at you for a lot of damage on turn four or so. So you know we had enough tools to at least stand a chance against it. But I think that that type of deck in a lot of playgroups would come in and just destroy them. Oh yeah, because if your meta is just a little bit slower, you're just not ready for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can happen. And and don't let that frustrate you when you go to another playgroup and play with them, and the for whatever reason your meta matches up in a way where your decks are just sort of getting destroyed. You know, that's a good, just take those lessons, yeah. improve yeah. your decks, bring it back to your playgroup. You know, I think people are, well, I'm always preaching about people just like keeping perspective and like, hey, you lose a game to an infinite combo, like don't freak out and yell at the guy. It's one game, you know. <laughs> it's one it's, game and it's over and now you get to play again. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if the guy does it like every time, five games in a row. Sure. Sure. Maybe you got a leg to stand on. Just, you know, try and keep perspective. Yeah, it sucks to lose. But usually after you lose, if you just take one step back and be like, it was one game of Magic. How many games of Magic am I going to play in my life? Does it really matter? I'd rather play more than less as well. Yeah. If it ends it faster, then all the better. Just and, breathe, everyone. Yeah, and like this, this, this is a format where aggressive decks are kind of hard to pull off, right? Like mm-hmm. you got to have a very specific. Like you're either a, a Voltron style commander, and you're gonna, mm-hmm. and you can get that off quickly, uh, or you've got something like Xenagos, or you've got some kind of like I, I built a, a, a soldiers themed 
you know, tribal token, deck tribal, uh-huh. yeah. just go after it. And like, I was like, well, there's no one, no one in our, our play group has a, has an aggressive deck. So let's, tr- let's see how this works. An aggressive kind of little, you know, white weenie deck. And, and it, it worked for a bit. And then everyone was like, I'm going to hose that deck pretty hard now. And yeah. <laughs> I don't play <laughs> that deck. That that's much when anymore. you know, also you're in a really good play group though. Yes, is, if you create a deck that is, is attacking from a certain angle that they're not ready for and, and it has success. And then it continues to have a success and continues and continues and continues. Then your playgroup's probably maybe not super healthy because they're not actually adjusting. Right. You know, which means the people in your playgroup are probably not like, you know, they're not going on gatherer and looking for cards that like kill all tokens or cards that like, yeah. you know, stop big creatures from hitting them, you know, and, and you want that playgroup. You want the playgroup that's constantly evolving, you know, and so that you have to change your decks and they have to change theirs. And that way it doesn't stagnate. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's one thing. Our, our, our I'd say. Well, I'd say our, our playgroup's good at a bunch of stuff, but definitely uh, adjusting is, mm-hmm. is something yeah. that everyone's quite good at. Now, I wanted to talk about the quote-unquote mean quotient because I did feel like our decks were a lot meaner. Your decks yeah. were mean. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And then we start wrecking lands. I think that's like oh that's mean true. quotient. Up, yeah. We didn't there quite go there, although no, no. we it, will it occasionally. Yeah. Our our. <laughs> Our EDH knights themselves will escalate. Like you yeah. know, somebody will win, and then somebody will pull out <laughs> so a slightly true. better deck, and right. then they'll win. And then by the f- fourth game of the night, like everyone's playing the meanest deck they got, which <laughs> has Armageddon and, and in fact and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I did feel by like the third game. Well, this is going to attack two things. One is I felt like I. It was funny because I'm analyzing the whole time. Like, okay, what's their what's their meta look like mm-hmm. in my head? I was just sort of building it based on what I saw, and and I was like. It didn't feel like there was a lot of wraths, uh, right. a lot That's of board right, wipe yeah. effects, and so I the last deck I pulled out was a deck that like it doesn't do good against wraths. Yeah, right. but I was like, oh, this is great because you know there's four decks at the table mm-hmm. and two of them don't have very many wraths in them. Yeah, so that was a way that I sort of until someone drew a wrath, which was well, and That's Jim, true. I, I, I still yeah, that was me, right? I drew yeah, a route, a route. instant yeah. speed wrath, instant speed pretty, route, and yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna win, man. <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, yeah, but that's another thing to think about. Like that's another. Like, we think of our meta, and it's like, oh, everybody's got Wraths. And therefore, like, you can only play certain decks and build certain decks. But when you go play with another playgroup, all of a sudden, maybe they don't do that thing that you're used to. And now, all of a sudden, like, a deck that wouldn't work very good works really good. Yeah. You get to change your play style up, too, because it's like, wait, no Wraths? I'm just going to put... I'm going to unload onto the board. Yeah, normally I hold stuff back. So how how many... We had this discussion that night, but how many Wraths would you guys say, on average, you have in your decks? I don't think I have a single deck that doesn't have at least five. Five. Right. Wow, five, right. yeah. Yeah. What I realized the <clears throat> other night is that I might have I, one actually. I need to yeah. put more in and then I need and there needs to be a Nev's disc in every one of my decks. Because there's so many times when it's like if you aren't able to get rid of just it's like you want decimate, right? Decimate's a card we'll probably talk about in a little bit, but like you want to get rid of multiple things. Like if you can't actually destroy everything that you need to, you're probably gonna lose a lot of the percentage of the game. So like I run like three to four probably. I mean yeah. I, Go ahead, that, that sounds like uh, that sounds like more on par with what we have going on. I know that at that particular game, I think Scott was playing a Nekusar. You were playing your uh, Xenagos, which only has like two or something, right? I think it has one. Yeah, Scott Blasphemous only has well, Scott has red. None. Yeah, it's not yeah. the best color. Yeah, I saw you pull up Blasphemous Act once. I yeah, figured that, that was probably and I the put only that one. in right before I came here too. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm gonna need one of these. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 pretty much. No, I have I have a few decks that have like it, closer to eight. See that's 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 so much right? because it's the only thing you have when you're losing and you're so often losing in yeah. EDH. Like if you sit down with five people, then eighty percent of the time, time you're yeah. losing. Like, that's true. It's you true. know, and that's the reset button. And those are they're just so good. And so, 
I think that, yeah, it's probably a thing that, that a lot of people out there are probably running too few, I would say. Um, I th- I and, th- and those things work in every situation. So no matter what meta you're at, hey, if you play a deck with you know a lot of little tokens or a few big guys or one Voltroni creature or blah, 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 the Wrath works. Yeah. yeah. Right? So the only ones it's not good against are decks that don't play very many creatures. And even those, Narset, uh, Jaleva, still good. those types, you still need to get rid of Narset or Jaleva. And, and that's a, what? And a, and a Wrath does that. And that's what one deck you're playing out of the four that are the other four yeah. that are there with you. You know what I mean? So like it's going to be good, literally yeah. like four out of five players. And Andy, right? correct, like correct me if I'm wrong, but like it seems like our group plays less uh, wraths, but then more counter spells. Mm, interesting. That's interesting. I don't know. Maybe it, dep- it depends on certain decks. But I think at first we, no, we never played any counter spells. Right. We didn't play any counter spells. I remember because they're all not putting, good and limited. I remember us all putting right. tuck, but yeah, tuck, tuck spells in like condemn and stuff like that. And then at one point, uh, my friend Butler and I, we realized we'd taken them all out of our deck for some reason. <laughs> Why? And I, be, I don't know because we were like they're yeah, so good. I'd rather the gods. be something fun. It's sort of a mutual decision. <laughs> it's like I'd rather keep playing more stuff. Than, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. We're, stop we're someone else. We're right? just, it's, it's that classic like new Magic player thing where it's like, well, I can put more stuff in it though. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like eventually now we we have more answers and you're right, Brenda. We have more counter spells. Mm-hmm. We definitely have more wraths, but like still not as much as like you might look at a deck and be like, well, this could use at least another three, you know, wrath of God effects. But mm-hmm. but we have that less and it creates um so, like crazier board states almost. Yeah. And and the games are oddly enough, I think a bit shorter because of it. Because mm, if you, you you can wrath and then like okay, well now we're all starting back over again. Yeah, yeah wrath. wrath have someone else wraths effect. and it's like yeah. Um, but that's the same thing. That guy came into our play group, uh, our, our friend Nick, and he had loaded with uh, with wrath. And every game we were like, "Oh man, what are we, we going to do about this?" Oh, three times. Did you guys know there was a card that could kill every creature <laughs> on the yeah. table at the same time? It just opened our eyes one. to so many things. Yeah. yeah, I think the one thing about wraths that is an easy sort of trick to fall into is that because you're doing it, you're killing your stuff your stuff as well most of the time for cheaper wraths. Like when you get above like eight mana, then sure you're getting rid of other people's stuff instead of yours, but. I think there's just a fear of like, but I built my board up. These are the cards I paid for. I don't want to just get rid of them. I'd rather win with this and not have to wipe the board. But yeah, there's there's fear of killing oh, yeah. your own stuff. Yeah, I think people worry about downsides like that it's way too much. much. Yeah, you can't you can't put an emphasis on it because it doesn't help you win more games in the yeah. end. You know you know what I, I I I of course had that exact same fear when I first started playing and first seeing those those types of cards and was like, why would I want to kill my own stuff? Yeah, you know yeah what right. I mean? Um, but then, like, I, you never think of, especially when you're a new player, you're like, yeah, but I choose when this gets to be played. Yep. Yeah. So I'll just hold back all my creatures. These guys will go to town. They think I'm falling behind. So generally in our play group, if you're... I notice this is the opposite with you guys, though. It's like, <laughs> if someone's falling behind and not doing too well, you know, they're stumbling on lands, we tend to leave that guy alone and go like, oh, okay. Like you're, and, But, like, we're playing that multiplayer draft that we did. I was like, oh, I'm the weakest player here, so everyone attack him and kill him right away. It's like, yeah. makes sense. Step on his neck. I get it. But, like... Yeah, so that's where so the politics just, come in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can hold back and hold back that wrath and play at the, at the right time for you. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention with EDH, you can often play a wrath and then you have so many mana rocks or whatever else out. You can float all that mana before if you're wiping everything or you just play stuff after. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing is being able to recover from your own wrath or just, you know, like craft out your hand. Just because you draw a card in your hand and you have the mana to play it doesn't mean you have to necessarily play it. Like, yeah. You have to, that's definitely a more skillful thing is like learning how to hold stuff back at the right moments. Yes. One last thing I wanted to touch on, and it wasn't a huge issue, but I remember, I remember that Scott, we should mention Scott. Uh, Scott Yamamura played with us. Yeah. Scott a. Who's also on the show. Uh, right. Sorry. Space I think I like Janitor. Scott's not Space Janitor. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, uh, 
is he the bartender or the yeah he's the bartender. in the third season we made him the bartender and we gave him a cape so he had a cape from, yeah he has a cape kind of like he's, a Lando cape. a Lando yeah. cape yeah, yeah. Very oh much yeah a Lando he was dressed as Lando yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I forgot about that but he's the clone which means the he's the smooth trooper. one yes absolutely yeah. He is, yeah yeah so he had a Nekusar deck which is made him my best friend yeah and uh, <laughs> but I did remember he mentioned at some point he was like man you guys play really fast and that was something I remember when um when I back in the day. When I was first playing multiplayer and with sixty card decks, I remember going to another play group and they just played super fast and I was so like, Holy crap, like can't keep up. Yeah, but there. No, well not just that, but just like, oh what, man, what do my cards do? What is this? Yeah, say? I need what are to these have, words? Yeah. But it made me so much better because I would realize I have to plan out what I'm gonna do and think mm-hmm. about that stuff, not just like sit there, you know, look at the TV and then oh it's my turn and then look. Like, yeah. you know, that it, it was it's yeah, very I'm awful for that kind of stuff. We do play slower. We always wanna play faster, but yeah. like even like speaking for myself, I'm I just sit there and I will stare at cards and go like, Do I wanna do this? Do I wanna do that? <laughs> you guys were pretty like, good. I I'd and say I catch myself and go like uh, just do something. <laughs> you guys were. I, I think you fell into the rhythm of it pretty early on. Uh, I felt like at first I could tell, and then by the second game, I, I felt like, oh, they, they've already they've already sort of matched our speed. Playing faster, you know, it's it's better for everyone. You might make a few mistakes, but you know what? Mistakes make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you'll get better at it. It's just like anything in life. Like, yeah, exactly. As you do it more, you'll get better at it, and you'll get better at sequencing. So it's better to sort of force yourself to play faster. And you're going to throw away some games as you're, as you're first doing that, just as you're first doing anything. But then that's just an investment for later when you're going to be able to play faster at the same skill level. You're going to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather make my mistakes earlier than later, if that makes sense as it well. It does, yeah. Plus, again, like playing your deck more often means you get to learn it better. You get to figure out what you don't like and do like and what works in your meta. And that every little bit of information you can get about your deck, the better. Like, And then you can look back if you played fast and be like, should I play that in turn three or should I wait for this or whatever? I couldn't predict that was coming out, so I did make the right play. So it's always nice to be able to look in retrospect. And I think speed of play, paying attention to stuff like that is like very just helpful in the long run at the very least. Also, Definitely. a lot of the complaint about the format is just how slow it is. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, the things they dislike about the game are, or about the format aren't even, they don't dislike the, the, the effect itself. They dislike that it slows the game down. Yeah. So just playing yeah. fast alleviates that. So a lot of times if you're worried like, oh, if I play this, they'll get mad at me or blah, blah, blah. Well, if you're playing fast in general, they won't. Exactly. Even if the thing you're doing they dislike, a lot of times it's like, well, at least we're done with that game and we're on to the next game, you know? It's just yeah. that if the thing you're doing also you have to think about for a long time, then you might, you know, some people might get a little bit irritated. Whenever yeah. I've asked people at like an FNM or something if they play Commander, and if their answer is no, it's always because I don't want to be sitting and playing one game of Magic for two hours. Right. Something. Interesting, yeah. And it's like, Willie, that's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm yeah. into that. It's not the quality or quantity, man. It's the quality. Exactly. It gives yeah. me that same sort of feel you get with, like, like a LARPing, what we were talking about, or D&D, where it's like you get to live out a storyline in this little mini universe you make per each game. And it's always fascinating. It's always interesting. And even if you don't come out on top, it's... I mean, I find, like, watching a game... And being the person that now knows what's in the other person's hand, be like, wow, what would I do here? Is almost just as interesting as playing your own deck sometimes. One challenge I would give to listeners out there is maybe next time you're with your play group, just challenge everybody to play super fast. 
and yeah. not worry about who wins that game and just do that a couple times, I guarantee that will make your play group a lot better in the long run. Yeah, for sure. It'd, It'd be really like, fun to like set a, an actual clock that counts down to an alarm for like <laughs> <laughs> one of those chess like, things where you got to hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Or like you only have you only have a certain amount of time, or like yeah. you only have fifteen seconds for yeah. each thing, and then, oh, then it's on to the next person's move. And you're like, okay. It'll just teach you to plan ahead, right? That's yeah, all exactly. Actually, might be really fun. And you don't do that all the time. You just do it a couple of times, and yeah. then it's like when people walk around with you know, like you've ever seen basketball players, and they pl- they're practicing with like a slightly over large ball or they put right. ankle weights on. Yeah. It's not because they're going to play the game that way, but it makes when they play the actual game, it makes it feel like that ball is so much smaller. It's so much easier to shoot it. Or they're so much lighter, they can jump so much higher. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's it's a mental thing, and I think you can accomplish the same thing. So something to try out anyway. Yeah, just don't cast Warp World because that slows the game down to but I love Warp World. a meandering tower shell level of speed. <laughs> also, like, try, turtle, playing turtle, with, turtle. try playing turtle. with oversized cards. <laughs> That'll make the cards seem smaller and easier uh, to handle. <laughs> I, like, I like that advice. Can up your dexterity. <laughs> easier to read. <laughs> Yeah, my forearms after each game are just, I'm just like so pumped. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, I got to say this. We have a friend who uh, keeps ordering this one card for his uh, his Jorkadine commander deck. Uh, Butler's probably listening to this. He has ordered the same oversized card what? like three times from this one website. He keeps accidentally ordering an oversized <laughs> one. And it's so funny. He has like two or three copies of this huge. It's so uh, Just look like... at what it says, man. It's, it's right there. What you know? card is it? Uh, I can't remember the name of it because uh, I think it might also be in French too. So there's another burn. On <laughs> so he's getting all the. Well, you guys of live in Toronto. We, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It's easy to order. We order, order from, from the Quebec uh, side, face to face. So like, there's a, they have all these French cards. Anyways, it's the it's a red card with like you get to tutor a, and and uh, equipment or it something. It has to be a commander, right? Because it's the only it's one. It's a legendary character. Yeah, yeah a legendary creature rather. Um, I don't remember the name. Oh, it's uh, Godos. That's it. That's Godos, exactly yeah, barbarian. Yeah. He's a yeah. Interesting. I thought He's, it was like chaos confetti because he just kept tearing it up and you needed a new one each time. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Oversized chaos orb. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, Touch yeah. everything. Touch everything. Yeah, 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 everything. Uh, short little inter- uh, story here. I When we first played, chaos orb was a thing. And so oh, when wow. I learned to play, I learned to play by spreading my cards out. So every land had to be at least like four inches from the other land because you didn't want a chaos orb to accidentally hit everything. It was the worst thing it's ever. It's so funny. I was thinking That's about so this the stupid. other day. I was like, because, yeah, why don't you read chaos orb for those newer players who don't know it? Um, so it's, it's, it's a, banned in everything. Yeah, and it's on the reserve list, so yeah. I can't print it again. But. It's a two-drop artifact that you can tap it for one, and it says if chaos orb is on the battlefield, flip chaos orb onto the battlefield from a height of at least one foot. <laughs> If Chaos Orb turns over completely at least once during the flip, destroy all non-token permanents it touches, then destroy Chaos Orb. So, in English, what this means is you hold it above the table, you flip it down onto your your opponent's cards, and whatever it lands on, whatever it's touching, it destroys that. But only if it's it's made a full flip. That's like one full rotation. The way you'd hold it with one hand... And then hit it with your other hand so you'd make sure it flipped once. Did you practice chaos or oh, flips? Oh, yeah. yeah. We would practice so it a lot. Funny. Um, try to aim it. But it also had to be at least one foot above. There's a lot of arguments about that. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah. So whatever it lands on, whatever it's physically touching, it destroys that. Which, which like by the way, there's no rules about how far apart and where right, your cars yeah. had to be spread. So that's how we all started playing. Was just There's, a, of course, the urban legend about, I don't know which player in some tournament, t- takes the cor- chaos orb, rips it up into confetti... 
and then sprinkles that down yeah. <laughs> and destroys like his opponent's whole board. That's hilarious. It lands on his deck. He's like, "Sorry, you, you, you're milled out." I'm unclear <laughs> as to if that actually happened, but that story's been around forever. Yeah, well, like Wizards attempt to to make the game more action packed or something. <laughs> there was a couple flip cards uh, early on. I think they just hadn't. You know, we were still playing for Anti at that time, so you would before the game you would take yeah. the top card of your deck and set it to the side, and whoever won the game would win that card from the other person. Like they would own it from then on. So when we first started playing. Playing for Anti. Playing and for of course, the first time somebody lost an awesome card, that was the last time we played for Anti. <laughs> felt horrible. So, oh, yeah. I know they had to stop it because it's gambling, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, feel, I, I feel the same way about cards that uh, make you flip a coin. Like, oh, yeah. like that, that, that has no that has no bearing in this game whatsoever. There's yeah. supposed to be these powerful like th- spellcasters and stuff. And uh, hold on, let me pull out this coin now. <laughs> well, they, they want they want to random have some randomized effects. So it's yeah. interesting. You hate Ralzeric. You do not like that. Yes. Guy. Yeah. Flip six coins. Take, take an extra turn for each one. That lands, I don't know. The only thing worse. Yeah. The it's only thing worse coins. than flipping one coin is flipping six yeah. coins. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> well, fortunately, the commander that we're talking about today has no coin flippage at all. Perfect. No, don't Perfect. you don't get to tear it up. You don't get to do anything with it. But it does hit the board and it does impact it almost immediately um, because. It is the one and only Xenagos God of Revels. Now, is this post Planeswalker or pre Planeswalker? I don't really. This is uh, post post, post Planeswalker. Yeah. I think my he... Vorthos is not on top tonight. Yeah, sorry, guys. I, my Vorthos isn't either. Did he become a god? Yeah, is, is God above Planeswalker? Yes, he was a Planeswalker who uh, wanted to become the God of Revels. Uh, oh, so that's what okay. he did. Yeah. Well, I enjoy that he enjoys reveling. Uh, he is three green red. Uh, so he's a six-five legendary enchantment creature, and he's a god. And so these are the this is the god cycle. There's one. There's pretty much gods in almost every color, two color combination. I think there's god in every there two is. color combination, yep. and, and there's a monocolored god. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which means he's also indestructible. But it also means that as long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven, Zenagos isn't a creature, and devotion is counted by the mana symbols in the top right of each card. So the colorless mana symbols don't count for anything. Um, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X plus X until the end of turn, where X is that creature's power. So he will double everyone Huge. at minimum. That, well, and, one and, thing. And one thing that he wants, yeah. Well, uh, really quickly, let's go over Devotion, just for those that don't know. So Devotion, as mentioned, is the it's all your permanents that are on the, on the battlefield. Mm. You count up the pips, and the pips are the mana symbols on each of your permanent cards that are in play. So the cards in your hand, in your graveyard, in your library, in the command zone, they don't count. Only stuff that's in play. And so when it says Xenagos isn't a creature as long as your Devotion to Red is less than seven that means that if your mana symbols don't add up to seven and the um colorless mana symbols don't count you know so you need yeah seven you know like four green four green and three red or or six green and a red however that adds up to seven then he sort of activates and becomes a creature but right one thing about gods as generals the best thing about them actually is that you they're indestructible and they're enchantments. You cast them, they're there. They're yeah. there. And you they're there don't for the actually rest of the game. want them to be creatures because yeah. Path to Exile mm-hmm. doesn't hit enchantments. Yeah. And that's sort of the big thing about having a god as your general is that an indestructible enchantment is really hard to kill. An indestructible creature, not as much. You know what's yeah. funny is that even, even if you get your god commander to be a creature and let's say you pathed it, it's like... It's not like a a, a a normal commander deck. Would you, if you path their commander, it's like okay, cool. I just I got just rid put of the it commander. to my command no zone. Yeah, well, guess what's mm-hmm. in the command zone? It's out next turn again. Right now, you got another one. Like you have to have another one. And right. is it a creature again now? So, mm. so many times I've been in the position playing against gods and people against me where they're like, it's not even worth it. 
Right. So, right. You, so even if they have the answer, so so they many times they'll it. just be like, well, I, you know what? It's just not even worth using right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things I actually liked about this deck, and when we were talking about being able to build it cheaply, it's because of the general specifically, because it is a general you can A, count on to stick around, and also this general in particular makes other, it puts the burden on other creatures to become good. So like, look at each creature, would it be better if you doubled the power and gave it haste? Mm -hmm. Then it's going to be a better creature for this deck. Whereas like a lot of, a lot of like, commander decks will just need really good stuff cards to be good because it needs to sort of support everything else. This is a commander that individually benefits each card that goes on the battlefield that gives you the option to say like this has additional text and most times Xenagos is not going anywhere yeah he's like a point guard in a basketball team he just sits back there and runs yeah. the offense yeah, and says true. like you go in there now here here's a, here's the assist yeah that's a really good analogy actually um what road does this lead us down sort of conceptually building the deck you know if you're going to have something that's going to be on the battlefield you're going to be able to pretty much consistently have it and what it basically does is double a creature's uh, power and toughness and give it haste. So then what does that make you want to do? What is that, how does that make you want to build the deck? Do you want to talk about how you started to tackle that? Yeah, obviously you want to, you, then you want big creatures. The bigger, the better. And then you want to give them uh, different types of evasion. So like stuff like, um, stuff that, like cards that make everyone block a certain creature that you want so you can get your other guy through. Or just mm-hmm. trying to give everyone trample. Trample is like the thing of this whole deck. Uh-huh. Oh, especially because you're in green and that's green's, that's green's evasion. That's yeah. especially, yeah. 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 And red absolutely. has some trample also, so. Yeah, and, and then you also don't want to be precious with the one creature that you have out. But because Xenagos gives everyone haste, uh, if this guy gets, if the, the, your big guy gets dealt with right away, then that's fine. Next turn, you can just put down another guy and you're in the exact same spot that you were you know 10 minutes ago that's what i found to be the real power of the deck was like you're sitting there and you have like seven lands and xenagos and that's it and it's like you can kill anybody on the next turn we don't know mm-hmm. because you can drop a 10 10 creature give it haste and, and if you can somehow give it trample that like what can some unless they can instant speed remove it it's just really scary to be dealing with something that you're just not going to get a lot of time to respond to what it's about to do. Like if, if you decided yeah. to look at me and I, I very well could just be dead. Yep. You know, and it's a fun deck to play. Cause like I was, I was telling Andy this, uh, the other day, I was like, I feel like, I feel like Indiana Jones when I'm playing this deck because everyone's <laughs> sitting there with their sword swinging it around all fancy and then I just pull out my gun and I go, yeah. here's 25, Bang. deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice sword play. Can you deal with a 2020 trample creature? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, well, let's get into it a little bit. So the first category we have here is just huge creatures. The great thing about this deck too, huge creatures in general, huge what we'd call Timmy creatures. Yeah. Not expensive, Jeremy. Not at all yeah. expensive. All you need is a bunch of huge green things with trample. And guess what? There's tons of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank goodness you're in the right colors for that. <laughs> so, and they're not the types of cards that get played in Legacy and Modern, so they just don't tend to be like super expensive, mm-hmm. which is great because they're the, they're super effective in this deck, and they're not hard to get a hold of. Um, yeah. Do you want to read the first card we've got on our list there? Oh, Andy? Me? Yeah, sure. It's a Ghoul Tree. Ghoul Tree. And Ghoul Tree is a seven and a green, so eight total, for a 10-10. Call uh, it creature ow. type? Creature so, type? Uh, creature type is Zombie Tree Folk. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, Ghoul Tree has the additional Very whimsical text. zombie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has the additional text. Uh, Ghoul Tree costs one colorless less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. 
So, ah, very nice. which, cool is, which goes along with what you're saying, because you put out a big threat, yeah. it gets dealt with, the next one gets dealt with, all of a sudden, Ghoul Tree's pretty cheap. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm then guessing you're running a lot of creatures in this deck specifically as well. Yeah, and then you're, you're, you know, you're swinging in for a 20-20, and everything else in your deck is trying to just get that guy through. Right. right. Um, so he's, he's good. He's actually one of my least favorite creatures oh, right. in, in the whole deck, I would say. Mm-hmm. Is this just next? Just because I, like, I don't feel like he does that, that much on his own. He's, he's just, just big, big dummy. He's just like, big, yeah. That, you know, that if you don't have anything else out, then you're like, eh, I don't really. I guess I'll just I hit somebody I'll for just... 20. <laughs> yeah, it's but walk with a 1-1 one, one and yeah, but whatever, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting for this card specifically because it's one of those, when you look at it, the quadrant theory, not so great in the early game unless you're aggressively trading away, but really good late game when it's like, oh, look, I need to push through. I have trample already on the board and you just need to push through another 10 damage. Gold tree cost me one green. Or like, somebody sweet. just board wiped because yeah, somebody was else say. was scary and now... You know, you have two or three players with no creatures out, and you're just like, "Well, I'll drop them now and and kill someone, or just yeah, half, or yeah. half them." Mm-hmm. Well, be- between the red green ramp and the and the occasional board wipe, Ghoul Tree is going to often cost you, you know, next to nothing mm-hmm. to cast it, which is insane. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of like he's got delve, but you don't have to actually pay the cards out of your graveyard. Yeah, so, actually, oh, interesting. He's Good a perma, perma delve, I guess. Okay, so if you don't like him that much, how, I'm guessing this next guy you like a lot. Oh, I like this gosh. next guy a lot. This um, guy, I is accidentally bought this guy again. That's how much uh, you like. Did you buy an oversized version of him? No, in French. No. It was <laughs> French. It was French. Oh, okay. Not, uh, how do you uh, say hydra omnivore in French? Uh, yeah, hydra uh, omnivore. <laughs> there you go. Omnivore de hydra. There you go. Yeah. I don't Hail hydra. I'm terrible at accents. Uh, it's a hydra omnivore. It's uh, four and two green, and uh, it's an eight eight, and it says uh, it, it is a creature hydra. Creature Hydra. It is not a tree folk Hydra. Summon. It's not a zombie Hydra. It's not a zombie Hydra, yeah. yeah. But it's the next part that's really... Uh, Whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Oh, my gosh. This guy's a house because... So he's a 16-power dude with haste when you've got Xenagos out. And if he hits anyone, he does 16 to everyone. Yes. Not not to mention he's also just 6 mana for an 8-8, which just is ridiculous Already. to start off with. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he, This guy's a house and commander. He's amazing in decks like Rafik, where you can do the same thing, essentially, that you're trying to do with uh, with Zenigos here, which is just make them hit for as much as possible, as quickly as possible. Give this guy double strike, and you just you just win the game. Yeah, yeah you could literally kill everyone in one hit with double mm-hmm. strike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to mention, it deals combat damage to any opponent, and it deals it to everyone else. So if there's so one, guy, one open guy... Yeah, one guy needs to be open. It's like, great. I would say there's... Quite a few times on turn six, where at least one person oh, yeah. Yeah. is open to be hit. Because turn sure. six is early enough. Yeah. Or maybe they got foolish and attacked mm-hmm. just because nobody mm-hmm. had anything out. And, you know, if they don't know that deck. That's one thing you can, you can almost never do when you're playing against this deck. Right. You can't, you can't just alpha strike because, like, oh, well, you know, no one has anything super scary out. So mm-hmm. let me just get 10 damage into one of these guys. Like, no, no, no. You got to have, have a, a blocker back, or two right? back. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it really forces everyone to play much more conservatively and defensively than I think anyone really would really want to. Yeah, here's a guy you I like you this played, and I was like super impressed with, and I hadn't really thought of him since Conspiracy. Um, it's Realm Seekers. He's four and two green for a creature elf, a zero zero. But Realm Seekers enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it, where X is the total number of cards in all players' hands. 
It's going to so be a big I guy. believe when you yeah. played him, he was about a 26, 26, or yeah. somewhere around there. The way I figure is like, he's always going to be probably a 20, 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's what that was If you're playing with four people, an average of five cards per hand. Right. But, probably. And, and this is EDH, so some fool's going to have a Consecrated Sphinx out or, oh, yeah. or a Ristic Study, and all of a sudden he could be like a 40, 40. Pretty easily. I'd say in our games, that's probably more likely because we have a ton of card draw. Yep. So you drop this guy. He's a 40-40. Don't forget, he's got haste. And they du- he doubles. So he's, if he was a 25-25, he's a 50-50. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have Nylea out there. That's if trample, you have Nylea, you can it. give him it's Trample. Over. Then mm-hmm. you just... It's well, over somebody's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you dropped this guy and he was a 26-26. And I'm like, we're, I'm... Somebody's dead. It's probably me. But then you guys had twelve rats in your hand. And we were, <laughs> you guys were fine. Every time we say rats, I keep someone say, thinking someone's just saying we have twelve rats in our hands. I'm twelve like, rats Man, in your hand. Twelve death touch rats wouldn't be too bad at, at that. They'd point. have to have flash at that point. Um, not to mention the other text on Realm Seeker is uh, two in the green. Remove a plus one plus one counter from Realm Seeker. Search your library for a land card. Reveal it. Put it in your hand and shuffle your library. Mm-hmm. You're also playing this with exploration on the board. Yeah. And that can get out of hand so fast because you're able to pump out so much mana with this deck that just having an extra land every single turn because of Realm Seekers is it's ungodly in a and, godly deck. And it's just a land. It's not a basic land. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a specific type of land. It's yeah. any land. So any of your utility your lands. Mines, your, you grab yeah. your Kessig Wolf Run with this. Like It's insane. Oh, right, yeah. Kessig Wolf Run. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a little the bit. The last big fatty here is the Nessian Wilds Ravager. And this card I also thought had a lot of great play when it came out. Um, it's from Theros, I believe? Yes. Uh, Born of the Gods. Born, Born of the Gods. Born, uh, yeah. It's four and two green, so six total for a six, six. And it has Tribute six. And tribute the way Tribute works is... As this creature enters the battlefield, an opponent of your choice may play six plus one plus one counters on it, which makes him a six mana for a 12-12. And on top of that, when this creature enters the battlefield, if the tribute wasn't paid, you may have it fight another target creature. So it either kills something or it is a 12-12. You basically go around, you look at one guy that has the creature that's like, do you, that creature is really important to your board, I'm going to choose you. Do you, cho- do you pay tribute or not? Because a 6-6 six, six will pretty much kill anything on their board if it, if it fights it. So it's in, in most cases, you're like, look, you pay the tribute, I won't swing at you. If you don't pay the tribute, I'm going to kill your favorite creature. Yep. So you yeah, really which, have which them would over really work for you guys because this is a very like uh, political. Card. Yes, that's why yeah. I, I liked bringing it up was because of the way that tribute works in a political setting. You can choose the person and therefore get the best advantage. And you know, most of the time, I'm guessing that you want your twelve twelve so you can make a twenty four twenty four with haste. Oh, no question. The amazing <laughs> thing about tribute in EDH with political the political side of things is that. You you lay this huge creature down. You play it. You you pay six. You're, it's going to either kill something or be a monster, and you don't take any of the heat for it. Right. Right. It's, they it's chose. You, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, they the person that chooses mm-hmm. if they're like fine. You get a twelve twelve. It's like hey, don't blame me. Yeah. yeah. This Everybody guy wants to like, the big thing out yeah. there. Yeah. Everyone else is like, dude, don't give him the twelve. Uh, but he was going to kill my royal assassin. I don't care. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect because they look selfish if they do it. It's so great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That card and then then. The best thing is when you played it, I think in our game, and you pointed at Andy, and he's like, "Fine, fight something." You did the he did the right thing, and then you're like, "Oh well, I still have a twelve twelve with haste. I'm swinging." <laughs> at. You know that was the thing. It was like yeah. it was still pretty bad. Like yeah, yeah. a six six with Senegos is still twelve damage coming at you. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that was the best case scenario. Yeah, you get spoiled. You you get spoiled with this deck where you're just like, mm, 12, that's not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's not enough. <laughs> Wish it was more. So the next section we have is uh, give them evasion. So this is usually going to be trample, and it's going to be cards that 
enable you so now that when you're dropping a huge creature it's not just doubling in power and getting haste it it has some form of like unblockability mm-hmm. or or trample really so uh you want to read the first one this is a really good one uh, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think this sees enough play in EDH. I agree. I wish yeah. I saw more play in Standard. It's such a fun little guy. Uh, yeah, it's uh, girl, it's, it's another god. It's Nylea, the and uh, she's the god of the hunt. Uh, it's three and a green. Um, she's so Artemis, it's a, it's right? A, essentially. Yeah. 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 It's a legendary uh, enchantment creature god. It is indestructible, much like the other one, as all the gods are. And uh, as long as your devotion to green is less than five, then Nylea is not a creature. And uh, other creatures, it's just a blanket effect. Other creatures you control just have trample. Boom. That's all you need. And for uh, three and a green, three and a green for the uh, activated ability, a target creature gets uh, plus two plus two until the end of turn. Which essentially means plus four plus four. Yeah, that's actually, I think that's actually more more useful than it seems. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Yeah, because all of a sudden later in the game, you've got nine mana and you're going to drop, you know, the the what was the first one the uh, the ghoul tree mm-hmm. and it only costs you three mana so you're like well I'll just pump it twice yeah and now it's a 36 power thing coming at you with trample now because of Nylea yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty brutal I you played her in our game and again we all looked at each other like uh what are you gonna do oh now he's do? got trample what are you gonna do now yeah. we're just <laughs> absolutely dead everyone's yeah. just dead. yeah that's 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 a beating yeah um, and it's also an indestructible enchantment like. This thing is sticking around. You have trample for the rest of the game. It may as well be some like an emblem at that point. Yeah, and it's a six six when it becomes a creature, and it's indestructible too. So then you're still even if you this was your only thing, and yeah. or or yeah, you had something that was making this become a creature, then it's still going in for twelve twelve indestructible. Yeah. yeah, I think it's still just a lot of versatility. F- yeah, like you you know you'd prefer her to stick around, but like I think it's fine to be like turning her into a creature and swinging with. Yeah, her no for sure for her. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because she's not your main thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Xenagos, you, I would think you don't want to devote him because you just don't want to leave him open. Because without Xenagos on the battlefield, we'll talk about this later and how to fight the deck, but the deck is whoop, is neutered a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, and, and specifically in this case, too, it's good to note that the monocolor generals only require five devotion to become yeah, active. So yeah, much easier. So you can balance that. Where, you know, keeping Xenagos not alive, but making Nylea go is, you know, something that you can actually work around. And we should say the pips on the, the god card itself do count towards your devotion. Yeah, yeah. So Nylea effectively needs four other green right. pips on yeah. to be devoted. Um, now, here's one guy that actually adds two to devotion. It's Archetype of Aggression. Uh, he's one red red, and he essentially does the same thing as Nylea. Creatures you control have trampled but he's obviously much more vulnerable than Nylea is to removal he's also just a 3-2 and the other part of this text which probably doesn't make as much of a difference is creatures your opponents control lose trample and can't have or gain trample which I think the archetypes are something that at least in our play group haven't seen a lot of play and they probably should see more I like that this guy costs 3 Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you have a really good chance of dropping him and a creature and then giving the the other big creature the Xenagos bonus and now has trample like I think I think that's something the deck needs is the ability to sort of like sn- uh, sneak attack you with the trample not like uh Nylea is something where you know force a little bit more you're gonna have, probably have to play her and then the next turn play the thing and all of a sudden if i can see the trample coming it's a little bit different mm-hmm. you know i might hold up more mana so i can do something yeah. whereas if you don't have trample on the battlefield right now i might be like well i have two blockers i'll be okay i'll tap i'll tap out you know, and then all of a sudden you play archetype of aggression, play a big dude, swing in, and I'm like, oh, even if I block with my two guys, I still die because you you have trample. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I like the low casting cost on that guy. 
Yeah, because I have the other arch- the archetype of uh, endurance in this mm-hmm. too. Which, Is that uh, the give hexproof? Yeah, everyone has hexproof, and no one else, uh, else's creatures can have hexproof. But that is like that costs like eight, eight, yeah, yeah. yeah. six and two green, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, but if you get it out, it's it's, it's a monster. Just, well, it, then it, it is a monster. Now Maze of It doesn't even stop you. Oh, exactly. Gosh. That I don't. There's certain archetypes I love in Commander, and then there's other ones I think are just not as good. And the uh, the green archetype is you're right. It's well, it's eight mana to cast it, but when it's out, it's like, what? Are you, what are you going to do? It's mm-hmm. it's it's. Mental. You have to wrath. I mean, that's you all to. you can do. You, you have, have to rat. To. Yeah. Um, whereas <laughs> this guy, yeah. Whereas this guy, uh, I don't like as much because I think it's like it's super vulnerable and like taking away trample with your deck, especially. You've got so many big creatures. I don't really feel like trample's a big issue. Yeah. Obviously, you just want to give. It, you just want to find a way to give anything trample. So it it's works also a universal well. effect, which is nice. So you yeah, at least yeah. have the option of giving it to everyone. And also, I think you just you want to have at least a couple of these anthem effects in your deck no For matter sure. what mm-hmm. otherwise man getting caught out with just like some guy just has like five one ones and looking at your five like 10 10 10s and 20 20s and you don't have trample not a very satisfying experience there for sure you still get the deck to go off right um this next card uh thunderfoot bailoth is actually from the green commander decks and I didn't realize how good this card is in a deck with a god. It's another thing where they were they're playing with some newer cards that we maybe haven't adjusted to as quickly. Mm-hmm. And we'll yeah, when when you brought this with. out against us, I was like, oh man, the lieutenants. I, I love it. Yeah, we mm-hmm. totally forgot about it. We we did the reviews yeah. and then we didn't really use them, and then we forgot about them. And you brought that guy, and I was like. That thing is actually a beating. I yep. think you guys did say he was the best of the lieutenant. Yeah, uh, I mean, creature. we said Which stuff, but then we didn't like, you know. <laughs> well, we don't take our own, but we don't <laughs> listen to our own show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Did we say that? I mean, thank you, Andy. Yeah, I believe you did say that this he's was definitely the best up there one. In, in, in this cycle. Fan. God, he's fanning out. It's so, so embarrassing. Yeah. It is a good. Uh, let's read him really yeah. quick. Uh, is four and two green for a five five with trample, and he has lieutenant, which is again, this is the C fourteen commander fourteen. Um, uh, there's a cycle of these in each of the colors. As long as you control your commander, Thunderfoot Bailoff gets plus two, plus two, and other creatures you can control get plus two, plus two, and have trample. So he's like a combination of the last two cards we were talking about. He's giving everyone trample. He's also just getting everyone bigger. Like And he's just up. a big dude. And he's a big dude, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he himself is going to hit somebody for 14 or swing for 14 with trample when he mm-hmm. comes out. And yeah. if, if you, you know, they can't destroy your big guy every turn. So yeah. sometimes... The one from last turn is still going to be around, mm-hmm. and then he's got trample too. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get a ghoul tree and this guy out. You've got th- they both have trample. This guy's a seven seven. This guy's a ten ten. Mm-hmm. You know which one are you going to pump? Oh, you know whatever. It doesn't the matter. 10-10. You're dead either way. Doesn't even matter. And the big important thing is you have to control your commander. And we saw this as a downside originally because like sometimes your commander is going to get tucked or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the god deck, this is almost always being triggered because people usually don't main deck enough hate for this. We in our meta at least. So mm-hmm. it's like Thunderfoot Bailoth comes out. You're like, well. He's here to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, this next one. You know, I, I, I singled this card out for a couple of reasons. Uh, I'll read it really quick. It's Roar of the Challenge. It's two and a green. It's a sorcery. It's from cons. It says, all creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. But it has Ferocious. That creature gains indestructible until end of turn if you control a creature with four or greater. So in this deck, you're always going to have Ferocious. So you're always going to make something indestructible and then force all of somebody's creatures to block it. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about this card, there's a few things. One is, it's an uncommon from a recent set. So it's super cheap, and it's super easy to get your hands on. And it's really one of those cards that most people will overlook and not even think about trying to use in a commander deck, so I was mm-hmm. glad you did. And I like the versatility of this card. Yeah. So what it does is, if you happen to have two creatures, you can force through one of them 
by forcing all of somebody's creatures to block the other guy. So probably kill a. Let's say you've got archetype of aggression and a, and your and ghoul tree. Now all of a sudden you give the ghoul tree, you know the Xenagos bonus. So it's a twenty twenty. It has trample because of archetype of aggression, but doesn't matter. And then you put roar of the challenge on archetype of aggression, and you attack somebody. And all of them have to block the archetype, all their creatures, and you're just going to smash them for twenty. Yeah. yeah. But the versatility of this card is okay. That guy's going to kill me next turn with all his creatures, mm-hmm. and I can't kill anybody. Yeah. So I'll just give my ghoul tree roar <laughs> the of the challenge, mm-hmm. make it indestructible, and make all his guys block and kill the guys, and I can sort of mini wrath him. Right, and yeah. so there's this ability to use it in a situation on defense a little bit, and I like cards like that where it's like, hey, I'll use this to win the game sometimes, but I'll also use it to save my butt sometimes. Yeah, yeah, the one yeah. side of the board because like... one ghoul tree is not going to help you against fifty tokens. Right, but a ghoul tree with roar of the challenge might. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I really like that card. I think it's thinking outside the box. I think a lot of people would not use that card in a deck like this, but I, I think it's pretty good. Not to mention, what, if you yeah. stick death touch on this card and you have trample, oh boy. You're just oh. machine gunning everything yeah. down. Absolutely. Well, then you can kill all their creatures and them, maybe. Yeah. 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 And it's like another product of like building. Like, I drafted this card. Right. 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 Yeah. It's just a regular uncommon yeah. from, from cons. And yeah, I had it in a draft. And then, you know, you sit around afterwards and you're looking at all your cards and like, well, I don't know. It forces you to think about them in different yeah. ways. Yeah. I, I think very few de- people that, that build Xenagos probably have something like Roar of the Challenge in. And, you know, going back through the history of Magic, this is an effect that's been around for a while. And mm-hmm. there might be. A better version of that, mm-hmm. but I like the thinking of of having that type of effect in. You know, you don't want five roar of the challenges, but having one in there, I think, is pretty smart. And you, you know, you can tell me, but I, I'm guessing when you have it, you know, a lot of the times it's probably like, oh, I'm going to be able to do something tricky here. Yeah. Do you guys do that? Do you, do you find yourself doing that where you you'll you'll get a new card maybe from a draft or something, whether it's from a set like Conspiracy or something, and and be like, hmm, this might work really well in this one deck. Like I'll will sub it in for this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you probably won't see it. It's one out of a hundred. But do you guys do that where it's like this is temporarily in this deck. We'll see how it how it. Rolls you know, honestly, in. I probably don't do that enough. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's I probably I really should. Like and mm-hmm. and you know, I've heard of a good technique, which is you just make an agreement with your playgroup to just start with that card in your hand. Yes, yeah. Just like, hey, listen, guys, it's not like some combo piece. It's just like, I don't know how good it is, and I just want to have it this game. So, you know, can I either put it on top of my deck just so I make sure I have it, just so I can try it. And, sure. you know, 99% yeah. of the time, they're going to be fine with it. So yeah. that's a good way to test it out. And, yeah, I probably should do that more, and I probably don't. I mean, I do swap. I do tune decks, but usually I'm taking five, six cards, putting them in, and then I'm playing that deck ten times right. before I make a decision. But it's probably yeah. some, you know more effective to do it the other way. Um, Moving on to our next category is pump them up. Uh, we're so going to pump you, you up. up. Uh, and the basic gist of this is like sometimes you'll swing for twenty five and they're going to be at thirty, and you're just not going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And you wish you could because that next turn is all they needed to end the game. And we find that so many EDH games come down to the one turn of just everyone dies this turn or lives. It's like, this is it. This is the one cycle we've gotten to that turn. And so pumping up your creatures is extremely important. And I'm very glad you include one of my favorite cards of all time, Savage <laughs> Beating. Yeah. Um, three this, and two this red. This card is a house. This yeah. card is bonkers in it's this deck. Especially in EDH. Um, it, it, it's an instant for five mana, three and two red. Play Savage Beating only during your turn and only during combat. Mm-hmm. You're just like, sure. Yes, that's, sounds, what, that's sounds, what I want. Sounds about <laughs> what I want to do. Uh, choose one creatures you control gain double strike until end of turn uh, pff, uh, wow. mm-hmm. <laughs> double strike and doubling their power which it's essentially quadruple striking yeah. with what you're doing with send the ghost or untap all creatures you control and after this phase there's an additional combat phase 
uh, and there's the uh, the wonderful word entwine on there, which means if you pay one in a red extra, so seven total, you get to do both. Wow, two, this, two, that, double, this is a two game, double strikes. This is a game ender. This, yeah. is, this card is crazy with Xenagos. You not only double their power and double strike with them, you get to do it again. So yeah. it's actually times eight, right? Yes. Yeah. If you right. have a 10 10, he's a 20 20 with Xenagos, he yeah. double strikes and then he attacks twice. Yeah. So he's hitting for instead 80. of 10, 80. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's two killing players. two players. That's <laughs> if you only have one 10 10. Yeah. That's not counting if you have a couple other dudes. Yeah, because all of them have double strikes, so it all adds up this, so fast. You know, we talk about this a lot on our show, is the ability of a deck to, out of nowhere, sort of deal a huge burst of damage yeah. and win you games you couldn't otherwise win. And this is one of those cards, and, and every deck needs a few of those cards. Insurrection-type effects, you know, that's our go-to for that type of effect. But this card is way more finesse. It's way fancier. Yeah. It's not way, to mention, you know, you know, people insurrection and everybody goes, okay, whatever. Yeah. If somebody does this, you're like, holy crap, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention too that like you can entwining is one of the most powerful keywords in, in EDH because either one of those is amazing by mm-hmm. itself. Like, what if you just need? To, what if you have a creature that when it deals combat damage, you get a reckon enchantment? Like, well, I'd love to swing with them twice this turn, and right. you can do it for seven. Like yeah. that's yeah, that's not anything. Yeah. That's less than insurrection. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in a pinch, you just double strike one guy and you probably can kill somebody. Or, yeah. you know, you, ju- yeah, you just get two combat, uh, two combats and you can... And there might be times where just the two combats will win you the game. Like, both guys are sort of low and mm-hmm. you just go boom, boom. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, really or cool card. Or just Hydra Omnivore everyone. doesn't even matter. Really cool card. Uh, this next oh, one gosh. was mentioned earlier. Do you want to read it, uh, Brennan? Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, is... It's called uh, Kessig Wolf Run. It Great is a lands. land um, from uh, Innistrad. And uh, uh, so it taps for uh, basic colorless uh, mana, and then uh, for X and red-green and tapping this land, then target creature gets uh, plus X, plus zero, and gains trample until end of turn. So it's an excellent way to sink uh, your excess mana into uh, giving something trample, and then just pumping it up, because every time yeah. you, for every mana, you're pumping it by two, essentially. Yep. Yeah, because Xanagos is going to double it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it gives, yeah, it gives that trample word that we like. This is a, again... Kill somebody card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once Kessig's out, I feel like the deck is like, oh, I'm like if there's three players, then everybody there's three more so turns tough left to in deal the game. with it yeah. too because it's a land. Yeah, and it plays on something we've talked about about our the format, which is, you know, there are a lot of land destruction cards in the game, but people don't play them because it's just gotten so much publicity as like the feel bads and the things that people don't like about Commander, and so people are really hesitant to run land destruction. Mm-hmm. Most decks will have like two pieces, yeah, a strip mine and a vindicate maybe, mm-hmm. and so. You're pretty much in the clear with things like this. Like, it's going to sit there. And so once you get that out, every creature you play is getting at least a couple extra power that are mm-hmm. going to be doubled by Xenagos. Yeah, very, very good card. It's uh, a monster because also with Xenagos, not only does this give you plus X plus O, you're going to hit that plus X, and then actually Xenagos is, is going to add to the toughness oh, true. as well because oh, it right. pumps it by the, the, the amount of power X, that it yeah. has, right? right so right. that's just a little bonus from Just Kessig, nice that you're bonus. not usually getting from <laughs> Kessig Wolf Run, right? Yeah, yeah. good point. Uh, the next card, uh, I like this card, and it's something that we talk about a lot with Commander decks. This is Ogre Battle Driver. So it's two and two red for a 3-3. Three, three. It says whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, that creature gets plus two, plus oh, and gains haste until end of turn. So Pretty good. Yeah, so you might think this is the type of card a lot of people wouldn't put in a deck like this, and I think they'd be wrong not to. So again, you're smart, Brennan. Um what it does is it covers you for those moments when they do deal with Xenagos. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we talk about this all the time, Jimmy, which is like, can your deck function without its commander? Does it have a chance to still do stuff? And you want a couple cards that simulate your the effect of your general because, listen, games just don't go how we want them to. People chaos warp your your commander and put it somewhere in your deck and you can't find it. And if that happens, like you still want to be able to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you're going to play a creature with no haste that's big and just hope that he's still around next turn, it's probably not going to happen. You know, so Ogre Battle Driver turns your your deck back on. I love Ogre Battle Driver. Yeah, it's honestly one of my favorite commander cards, and it's something that you're right. It doesn't see a ton of play. It was from a pretty recent set, right? It's like M14. Yeah, M14. Yeah. Uh, it, it just it gives everyone haste, and it gives them plus two plus zero. Oh, and I have it in a mile mile mail mail the anima the anima deck, and it's just a horse. Yeah, it's an absolute horse. And yeah, like you know, if you don't want to spend the I don't know what five bucks on anger, you just get yourself an ogre battle driver, yeah. and it's it's amazing. I love it. One of my favorite cards. It also pumps the power. So yeah. even if Xenagos is out, it's not mm-hmm. like it does nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, no. It, yeah, you're getting four basically. Yeah, so yeah. it's still good even mm-hmm. if Xenagos is out. And I would guess most of the time you probably. You probably hold it unless you really need it, just in case Xenagos goes away. But and don't know. forget, like Xenagos only gives one creature haste. Yeah, yeah. true. So, mm-hmm. so you know, you get this guy out, you drop again, you drop your your, you drop your Hydra things. Omnivore and your Ten Ten. It's like, oh well, which one will I pump? Which one? They both get haste. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, go to town in that case. Yeah, I think haste is really important in this deck too because the ability to Alpha Strike out of nowhere is also important because Huge. you get wiped and you you don't have a haste generator. You get something like this out there, then you're able to you know like be like, hey, guess what? You shouldn't have attacked with everyone but one creature because. I'm gonna. I'm able to kill you by just want that one extra damage or whatever. And being able to do that with the surprise effect of haste is very efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last card in this category of pump them up uh, is enlarge. It's uh, three and two green for a sorcery. It says target creature gets plus seven plus seven and gains trample until end of turn. It must be blocked this turn if able. Guess what? It's getting blocked anyway. Well, so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, they're gonna die. And they're probably gonna die anyway. Um, yeah. I like effects like this because they. Just the ability to do this in your playgroup, they've seen you play enlarge a couple times. Now they have to factor that into their calculations every time. So mm-hmm. now they're looking at your board and they're going, they have to do so much math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't have enlarge, it's going to give you extra turns. Like they're going to be like, well, I could attack him, but if he has enlarge, I'm dead. Mm-hmm. So I just can't attack him. Mm-hmm. So then they don't attack you. And then, but you don't even have enlarge. And if they attack you, you know. You're going to lose in two turns, but now that they have to worry about enlarge, that you got two extra turns out of it. Now you might draw enlarge and kill them, or you might draw something else. So I like these type of effects that don't sit on the board. You can't see, yeah. you know, car, there are cards that with that at instant speed that do similar type stuff. Yeah. Those are good too. It's mm-hmm. good to have one or two of those. I don't think you need a ton because you don't want to be drawing not creatures. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Xenagos pumps the uh, guy at the beginning of combat mm-hmm. too. So even playing like playing this. If this was an instant, then playing it like mid combat, you're not getting the, the full bonus. The Zen- you're not getting the full yeah. bonus of it. So too. you're almost going to want to just play your instant before combat anyway. Yeah, because you want Xenagos to double it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's a really good point. Uh, I was going to say that um, normally you'd be like, well, enlarge. Uh, you know, at sorcery speed, it might leave you to some instant speed removal or something. You know, you might get a little hosed on it, but it's not like you're wasting Xenagos' ability if that does happen. Right. Because you're going to pump this guy with enlarge. It's like, oh, no, I you know I path it, peace, it's gone. But then it's like, okay, well, combat, I'll pump this other guy with, with Xenagos. And right. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I did nothing then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was good, but yeah, it's not something, like nothing happened. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good point. Um, oh, my favorite section. Yeah, mine too. The oh, cards yeah. you may not think of. 
This is uh yeah that one you've got right there. This is the hard one. Another yet another yeah, card. This I is what I love that. about this deck and about you guys and 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 your decks were all these cards that yeah I know I've heard of this card I've seen this card mm-hmm. and then I totally wrote this card off and I totally forgot about it and it's mm-hmm. like that's a great thing about our format is like people are all the time pulling out a card where you're like it's not like I didn't know that card existed I just didn't really yeah. think about it and it's like yeah it's, it's great it's just <laughs> another card I pulled in a draft um, not even to play in that game I was uh-huh. just like I think this might work in this other thing. I'll pick it and I'll deal with it later I remember seeing it in that draft and being like this card's neat but it sucks in draft like yeah, in a right. way you know what I mean Yeah. but it's, it's one of my favorite cards in your deck and uh, I'll read it I guess it's called Might Makes Right, and it's uh, five and a red for an enchantment. It's from M15. It's an uncommon. That's Another it. uncommon makes it in. And it, it reads, at the beginning of combat, on your turn, if you control each creature on the battlefield with the greatest power, gain control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn, untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. You get to steal free active trees in every turn. Every turn. Mm Because you're guaranteed having the biggest creature every turn at the beginning of combat. And if you're not, it doesn't matter because you're not winning. You have it. You have it. Don't worry. You have it. He always does. Yeah. 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 He's got 10 tens and crap or 12 twelves or whatever. It's just an instant. It's just an endless stream of active treasons. And one active treason is not good in a commander deck, really. Um, But one every turn. But one every turn for Mm -hmm. six mana once is amazing. It's and great. a lot of times it's just going to pull their one blocker away. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's just yep. like you don't even care to hit them with that creature. It's just like I just want my my ghoul tree to get in and hit them for 20. So. Or they're forced to just block with like their commander. And they're yeah. like, gosh, I guess I'm going to – I have to at this point, And it sucks. But it, it's really – it's so effective. And the wording on this is interesting. It says if you control each creature on the battlefield with the greatest power, it just means you can't be tied with someone yeah, else. If somebody right. else mm-hmm. is tied with you, then you don't get anything. Yeah. But right. this is the type of deck that can legitimately yeah. always yeah. have the biggest creature on the, yeah. on the board. Yeah. yeah. Another similar card um, for cost-wise is Warstorm Surge, which is also a five and a red and an enchantment. And this card is great for, I don't know, like token decks as well. But in this deck, it is a powerhouse because... I think one of the big things we've talked about getting trample in there, getting stuff like haste, being able to steal creatures so you can get a blocker through, uh, get blockers out of the way. You essentially need to find ways to deal damage to people that may not necessarily be through combat, and Warstorm Surge is one of the best ways to do it. Um, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So this does both. You can just dome someone for ten mm-hmm. with your Ghoul Tree, or you can get rid of their one blocker. Or you know, you play two creatures, you get rid of two blockers, and you're you're essentially doing what the deck wants to do and it's all in one nice nifty little package yeah because i'm not in this deck you're not putting down anything really that's less than six yeah and six is going to be small in this deck. yeah i mean a lot of times it's going to be eight to ten yeah that's that's pretty brutal the another thing about and it sorry it also works with um uh tribute with uh no oh god what was i gonna pull uh ogre battle driver too because when it comes down to you can stack it so yeah yeah. and with the tribute i think you oh no it would I don't know how that no, would work. No, I think tribute is a no. An it enters that... and then it goes on the stack. So I don't think it happens. Gotcha. Um, yeah. One thing I really like about Warstorm Surge too is like you're going to run into these decks that are going to do stuff like have Ghostly Prison out or you know mm-hmm. have some sort of thing where it's really hard to attack them or they're going to be playing like Constant Mists, which is like a fog that I can play every turn if I sack a land every turn. Right. And it's going to be like crap. They're just stopping all combat or they've got. You know, Magus of the Moat, and you can't attack unless you have flying, and it's like, or Peacekeepers out, and nobody gets to attack, and so Warstorm Surge gives you a new angle because that's not combat damage, so Constant Mist doesn't stop that, yeah. and Moat 
Megas of the Moat doesn't matter. Like you, it gives you a way to win in situations where they have a couple of cards that are pretty good against the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this card. I I have this in most of my red commander decks. Um, it just so happens that it it particularly fits with them. But I even think uh, you can make an argument for this as just sort of an everyday red commander card because if you, you I mean, if you're creature based. You've got creatures entering the battlefield. You might as well just be hitting people in the face. Right? You might as well be dealing that extra damage, right? Like, <laughs> why not? It's a good point. And in any red-green deck, I think, uh, you know, your creatures are just going to be big enough where it makes a ton of sense. Uh, I pulled another one out that wasn't actually on the original list, but this is actually my favorite card in the whole deck. It's um, one Volley Beast Tracker. One Volley. Did I give you this card? I think I gave you this card. You might have. I think it's, I did. It's, uh, it's an uncommon from M13. It's uh, one and two green. And it's a 2-1 creature, a human scout, and it says when, when one volley beast tracker enters the <laughs> battlefield, search your library for a creature card with death touch, hexproof, reach, oh, or trample, right. and reveal it. Shuffle your draw- library, put it on top. So it doesn't draw to your hand, but it does pull. It tutors. It worldly tutors. Yeah. tutors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's also pretty great. A super great budget tutor because all I remember you played this as well. I'm like every single one of those cards are ones that I don't want to see on the table right now because of what you can. do <laughs> I don't with want them. anything with trample, like yeah. nothing yeah, exactly. at all with trample. And hexproof is almost just as bad. Not yes. to mention you can just look up the archetype here and then give everyone trample because he himself has trample as well. Yeah. yeah so I usually pull, pull like the Thunderfoot Bayloth because it helps uh-huh. everyone else, and then it's yeah. like, yeah, oh, that's the card I want to see that has trample. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, pretty great. You have probably the best equipment in here, which is Mage Slayer. It's in your colors. It's one, a red, and a green, a three-drop artifact, and you equip it for three. And whenever an equipped creature attacks, it deals damage equal to its power to defending player. So It does get the Xenagos bonus. It gets the Xenagos yeah. bonus. It gets the Thunderfoot uh, Bailoth bonus. And it also potentially can also just hit them for a ton of damage as well on top of doing that damage. So it's kind of like a double strike that they can't avoid. Yeah. It's... And it equips for three, which is really nice. <laughs> and it's, it's always fun to just go like, all right, beginning of combat, uh, Xenagos will pump uh, this guy. No attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, damn. Yeah, and then you drop that on. I also have, uh, there's another card in here that has the same effect. It's uh, called Burning Anger. It's an yeah. enchantment. Oh, yeah, Whether yeah, you yeah. Tap Where them, you it, tap them. It, it makes yeah. them do their power. It's those Mage Slayer, Burning Anger, Warstorm Surge, always to get around things that, well, Mage Slayer, you still have to attack, but if yeah, they have right. a way to, to stop combat damage only, mm-hmm. it'll still hit them because the Mage Slayer itself is not doing combat damage. Yeah. So it's when it attacks. Am, mm-hmm. I, am I, I right? Am I right there? I think I am. You are right. You are right. Yes. You, you do need to attack with Mage Slayer, and it's. Uh, but you don't actually have to hit them. So no, right? no. A fog block. effect won't stop it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. A fog yeah. effect won't stop. A block won't won't prevent its damage. Yeah, absolutely. It goes right through. This is one of the first cards I put in my. Uh, a long time ago, I built a Borborygmos deck, and I put that in there thinking that, oh, I put this on Borborygmos. <laughs> it's going to do double the commander damage. And then uh, someone told me, no, yeah. commander damage, only combat damage. So, yeah. <laughs> burn on me there. Um, and then the the last card, and there, there's a, a number of cards that have a similar effect, and it this is Momentous Fall. It's two and two green for an instant. It says, as an additional cost to cast Momentous Fall, sacrifice a creature. You draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then you gain life equal to its toughness. Now remember, you're going to cast this after Xanagos pumps the guy. Mm-hmm. So if you just need to refill your hand, or you're almost close to death, or both, or you just think it's fun, then you can just sack your 24-24 dude, draw 24 cards, gain 24 life. Yeah, yeah. That seems pretty good. Monstrous. Not to mention you can do it second main. After you know? you've hit him. You hit yeah, him, yeah. You hit him for 24 there. first, yeah. and then you do it. 
Yeah. And plus, it's always good to have an effect like this because eh, you go to attack with your huge dude, they path to exile, you're like, I'd rather gain life and draw cards. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know? Or, yeah, or if they uh, board wipe or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the instant speed is very nice there. And you can even play it off turn because your guys are still pretty big. A lot of times gaining 10 life and drawing 10 cards, you Mm -hmm. know, when they wrath on their turn is going to be totally worth it. You know, in a lot of decks, that card is not great because most of your dudes are three threes or four fours and it's just not very efficient. In this deck, when you regularly have, you know, with the Xenagos bonus, Mm -hmm. you know, things in the 20 power and toughness range. Yeah, then that card's busted. Yep, absolutely. Um, We're going to move into the next section, which I'm going to call Command Zone Suggestions. It's a new section. It's a new section. Very exciting. Yeah, we've we've unofficially did this. Did this? We've unofficially did this. Good English, Josh. We done did it. We done unofficially did this in the past. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stop that right now. Um, (laughs) So the first one, and it's staying with the theme of recent cards that are not super expensive, is Teamer battle rage this card is just great i i think this, this is, ca- card turned out to be a house unlimited yeah unlimited, and, it's it, great. and it can definitely make its way into so many other decks just i mean it's so specific but it's so good at what it does um it's the type of card that in general we don't like in our format because uh you it doesn't recur it doesn't use, start in, yeah. yeah but in this deck it's literally like kill you yeah so uh i'm gonna read it teamer battle rage is one in red for an instant it says target creature gains double strike until end of turn but it has ferocious so that creature also gets trample if you can control a creature with power four or greater. You probably will. It's almost impossible in this deck not to have at least four power because it's Enigos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can instant speed, give double strike, and trample. I'll take it. It's yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of card that you attack and they're like, okay, yeah, I take it, and you're like, you're dead. Yeah. Even if you're attacking for twelve, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'll take the twelve. Yeah. Well, they see two mana. They're like, what can you do with two mana? There's no like huge pump. Yeah, that's fine. I'll block with one guy. You're like, "Mm, guess what? He's gonna trample over and kill you anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And And, go ahead. It's like I said earlier. It's the type of card that forces them to play in such a different way all the time now because they know that it's a possibility. Absolutely. Combat tricks are rare in Commander. Very rare. Yeah. So and and there's a reason for that. You know, you don't get a lot of uh, longevity out of them. A lot, a lot of value out of them. But you know, one or two can really surprise people, and yes. can and can do that thing where you know I need to hit this guy for this extra damage. Bam! You team her battle rage. That person who would have killed you is now gone. Yep. Think of it on Hydra Omnivore too. It's just like, oh, oh my god, yeah. please, yeah, yeah. He's an eight eight. I make him a sixteen sixteen. Swing at you. You're like, uh, okay, I block with this guy. Double strike yeah, trample. 32. I hit everybody for thirty damage. Yeah. yeah. That's probably going to kill almost everybody. It's a quick way to kill everyone, yeah. Yeah. That's that's going to happen sometime if you put that card in and it's going to everyone's going to be like, "What?" Yeah. Why yeah. didn't you block, dude? <laughs> you then, killed us all. Then I'm going to get up from the table, I'm going to throw my cards out, walk out victorious, never touch the game again. <laughs> um the next one I had written down was Armed and Dangerous, which is very similar. I love these fuse cards. I yeah. think they have again Anytime you have a modal ability or you get to do extra stuff on the card and you get to choose or you get to do two things or one, always a good idea. Yeah. Um, Armed and Dangerous is two half. It's a fuse card, so there's two halves. There's a one and a red half that costs uh, it costs one and a red. It's a sorcery. Target creature gets plus one plus one against double strike until end of turn. Very useful. Mm-hmm. Similar to Teamer Battle Rage, the double strike's really nice there. Uh, Dangerous is three in the green for all creatures able to block target creature this turn do so. Now, the the key point here is you can target two different things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you can cast them both for six mana total. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea as Roar of the Challenge and Teamer Battle Rage. It's just you Roar of the Challenge to this guy and Teamer Battle Rage to this other guy. Yeah. And so you can 
set up a similar situation where it's like they left a bunch of blockers up and you're like, no, you're going to block this little dude and this double strike tam- trampler guy or dr- double strike guy. He doesn't even need trample now. He's yeah, going to smack you and right. kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> Sold. Um, and it's another not expensive card. It's not even a rare. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was out of gate crash. Um, one card that I uh, have recently become acquainted to more because I've been playing I a lot. I just bought like Craig. eight of them. Oh, actually, are you talking about Greater Good? Oh, you're not about to talk about that one? No, no. I'm, gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually talking about a card I added to this list last minute, and it's Oh, the, oh <laughs> I added a few cards, too, Jimmy. Okay, okay. Right, yeah. Right. It's the Chariot of Victory, which is a journey into Nick's uh, equipment. And the big thing about this is it costs three to put down, but the big one is, is equip one. And it gives three things that I think every EDH deck is always, like, frothing at the mouth to get, which is equip creature has first strike, trample, and haste. You have all three of those things for one yeah. mana to equip it onto a creature, and like I feel like in this deck there are enough creatures that want that. Are you know because I think Zendigo's giving one creature haste is nice. Being able to just swing on someone else and just give two creatures going at the same time mm-hmm. feels like it's pretty powerful. Oh yeah, I remember seeing this card uh, during this uh, draft format and being like, it's like it's pretty good. It's not great in 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 this in this limited format, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's a bunch of commander decks that want this, and I think we've found one here. Yeah. I it's never another card one. that replaces Xenagos' effect also, yes. which I yeah, think, yeah. It, yeah. It, right. you know, you might want one Always or two important. more of those. Um, the next card that I prematurely spoke of, and it's now also I Craig will, has yeah. forced us to both get Cherry the Victory. I had a couple of card. these, but, you know, I just bought a ton of them because they're just super useful. Now, this one's not as cheap as the other one. This ones. is an I expensive think card. It's, it's yeah. not super expensive. I think it's like, it's in the $7 range, I think. Seven dollars. Seven dollars. Yeah. Please. Oh, so boy. it may not be with I'd our theme bu- up I'd till now. I'd rather buy lunch. But it is very good. Um, it's actually greater good. Yeah. It's two and two green <laughs> for an enchantment. It says sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. So it's the same effect yeah. as Momentous Fall, kind of. It doesn't give you the life, and you have to discard three. Boohoo! You draw twenty-four. You're gonna uh, have to discard anyway. Right. But you can also do. It's just an effect that stays on the table, and you can do it at any time. And right. this is, this speed. actually goes really nice with the Might Makes Right because you can just steal their guy. Oh, exactly. Sack your guy. Exactly. Draw, draw cards. Yep. Yeah. Not it's, to mention it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, I know the price tag. It's probably like literally as expensive as a as what a fourth of the deck <laughs> but yeah, i'll never own it i will never own this card <laughs> <laughs> oh man you and you're me are on to, the same page but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to draft uh what set is this jimmy ninth edition, uh, ninth edition or, yeah, yeah to get oh, okay. it. No, problem. no problem no problem we'll just start buying some ninth edition packs. <laughs> that's all well the cool thing too about this is that not all decks are equipped to make full use of this you need green fatties or just giant creatures because discarding the three cards like it's say you you know sack a creature to draw two cards because it's a two two and you discard three cards it's like well yeah. you know not doesn't do anything. If your hand's loaded, sure, like you just want more cards in your hand. But it's also like, I think the ability to discard cards is always uh, underrated because you have cards like Wonder or Anger or yeah. things that want to be in your Genesis that want to be in your recycling bin. Yeah, I call it recycling, recycling bin. Because, recycling yeah, I mean, bin. Think yeah, about it's it. coming out. It's coming out. Yeah, it's just right environmentally out. conscious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> precisely. So Greater Good is great. It's also just like. You know, someone blocks your guy and like, oh, they're going to path it. Now I'm just going to draw some cards instead. Yeah, it, we've talked about this many times. Just having a sack outlet on the table, even if it did oh, nothing yeah. else. Yeah, just it stops sack. your guy from getting maybe tucked when he would have. It stops like them getting some effect because there's a lot of things where they kill your guy and do something else. And if, if you take the target away, they don't even get the added bonus. Yeah. yeah. So it's just very good to have a sack outlet. Now, this one just happens to draw you a ton of cards, maybe upwards of 20 in this deck. So yeah. it's just awesome anyway. So, yeah, I, I would say that's a. It's an expensive one for what we're trying to do here, which is build a cheap deck, but it may 
may or may not be worth it. You can splurge on one or two. You Maybe know what I mean? Let's Brendan, be honest. You can splurge I'm on a, one or two. I might have an extra one. For I just want to say. I just want to say the weirdest thing about this card is that the fla- uh, the flavor text is a quote from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> it is, which you don't see a lot of real world <laughs> that's, uh, references. Oh yeah, that's true. On magic, cards. Well, they used to do it more often. Yeah. Right? I know. I know. That like Arabian Nights is all actual. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's some Shakespeare quotes I know yeah. on a couple, but it's just well. Now I have to read it. Yeah. What is it? To examine the causes of life, we must first have recovery recourse to death. Yeah. To examine the course, the causes of life, we must first have recourse to death. To examine the courses of life, we first must have recourse to death. Oh, crap. It's all... It's <laughs> Let's all read it and try and make our own sense Mary of it. Mary Shelley was smart, man. I don't... I can't. She's smart. Yeah, exactly. Use different words. She used smart words. Yeah. Uh, I added one. Yeah, do it. You guys mind? Okay. Oh, I added one I think would be great. Um, it's called Strionic Resonator. Oh, uh-huh, yes. And it's another kind of a, more of a recent card. And uh, what it oh, is, is it's man, an artifact. this is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, this is an excellent idea. <laughs> it's a two-mana artifact, uh, colorless, of course. Uh, and uh, the text is, uh, pay two colorless and tap it. Copy target triggered ability you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Who are you so, going to use this on, though? So oh, what right. would we ever use? The, you know <laughs> what I mean? What triggered abilities do we have? Well, obviously, Xenagos, that is a triggered ability. So if you have the guy you hasted and pumped last turn and now you've played your new guy and you want to haste and pump him, well, guess what? You can do two. Everyone's invited well, to this party. You can just, no, just do the same guy. Just double up. Sure. So now you're doubling yeah. the guy that got doubled. Of course. So now you're quadrupling. So if Lots he's 10, he's 20, then he's 40. That's even yeah. better, really. Yeah. I mean, maybe. you're opening yourself up to like a removal spell, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So like, I like the... Like, if you it, want to swing two way. people and kill two people at once, you might need to do it to yeah. someone else. Yeah. That's you know, if you really want to just good. kill two people. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think the base power of a deck is... Or not the base, but the max power of the deck is literally... When, when everything comes together, can you literally kill everyone at the table at yeah. once? And, and yeah. there's a, you need a few cards that can do it because you're just going to be in situations where like... I'm at three life. Yeah. And I can take somebody with me, but can I take all three guys with me? Yeah. You know, you just want to have that possibility. This um, is something that without going infinite. That. Uh, listen, in some playgroups, ours included. Infinite's fine, but in some it's not. But um, yeah, the, I the like that Strionic Resonator. That's yeah. a really good call. It's a great card in a lot of EDH decks. Basically, take a look so at this many. card, and if it fits in your deck, Think about it, because it's it's I, pretty. Yeah, yeah, I'm legit gonna have to get that card. That is, and very that, that one's not even that expensive either. No, you, you can cheap. find that uh, on online for under a dollar, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah so It's a bulk rare. One. So, um, another thing I wanted to call out, uh, maybe the last thing I want to call out is uh, just the bestow mechanic. Mm-hmm. Right. Something I was thinking about with this deck is, in general, you know, playing your second big creature when you've already got one out, unless you already have trample. Even if you do is not as effective as just continuing to make that one creature big, but you don't want to open yourself up unduly to removal. So playing something like Nylea's Emissary, which is a four-mana 3-3, but it has Bestow for five and a green. And what Bestow means is it's a creature aura that adds 3-3 to something. And then Nylea's Emissary also gives it Trample. Mm -hmm. And Nylea's Nylea's Emissary itself has Trample. So what you can do is you've got a 10-10, Put Nylee's Emissary on it. And now it's a 13-13 with Trample. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, the same as if you played your 3-3 off to the side of it, but it's also going to get the Xenagos bonus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then if they kill the creature, Nylee's Emissary jumps off, and at least you still got... You still got a Trampler. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's you did have this I did have yeah. this. I had a lot, quite a few Bestow creatures in them. And then they, I ended up pulling all of them out because at six, I was like... Oh, it's six mana. It's gonna give the guy an extra six and his trample. Like that's good, but, but it's I was not like amazing. For, for six mana, 
I can probably put out another guy who's like I can put out a Hydra Omnivore for six, right? Mm-hmm. right. And uh, and just do uh, w- like way more. So I was finding them that, that I was like I was I had them in my hand, but I never really wanted to even do it. I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. I'd rather just be. Doing I'd rather play. Yeah. I'd rather play any of these other cards or right. these other big guys who have their own effects that that come into the board and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, for sure, the, the a couple of bestow creatures were in the deck for. Yeah, they were in there for a bit. I remember yeah. they were tough to deal with. I think I would only put in the trample guy and maybe like Boon Seder. Boon Seder yeah. might be a little spendy, so that might go in, but because it's got flash and you might be able to get some. The thing is, get the someone f- with Boon Seder. Yeah, yeah, the flash you're not going to get. Uh, the Xenagos bonus. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. right. So well, you could stack in this room, but you kind of lose the uh huh an extra four. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be before blockers. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. going to be before blockers. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you want to get eight eight damage out of it, but four more might be enough sometimes too. Um, yeah. quickly before we do the next one, one thing I wanted to say is I I I notice you don't really have very many dragons in this deck. Hey man, Scourge of the Throne. I know you've got a couple. Yep. Scourge but, of the uh, Throne's a good call, but actually. It's like you've we focused on a lot on tramplers and guys on the ground. Well, mm-hmm. you've got access to red, which is some of the some huge dragons. And I I, I mentioned earlier in the show the the, Have the you heard one, of the, uh, the tenant one? I think is great for this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited about the upcoming set too because there are quite a few red green flying creatures, and it's exactly like what's uh, uh, what's the green red Atarka? Atarka, yeah. Atarka, Atarka is a huge, so. it's a beast mm. in this deck. Yeah, you know some of the dash um, dragons might be really good too. Interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, I know you're already giving haste, but you're just not leaving it out there to get killed. So it's like I don't think you care too much if you've got creatures out on the battlefield every turn. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be good to like. Dash out one of those big dragons. I don't know if there's a big red dash dragon. There's, though. I think there's a. I think the. Is there a red? There's a red black. black one? There's a red yeah. black one. I think the new set may have a couple of other ones. I would keep um, my out if there's one big red dash dragon. It might be worth it just because. Be cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just going to be like you're just keeping it out of a sorcery yeah. speed removal range. Yeah, because he turns, he's a six four with double strike and he turns into a twelve four no a twelve yeah. eight and then that. A twelve ten. Yeah, and then yeah. oh my gosh. It has trample though too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It also has trample. You need this card. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Oh, um, I'm very excited. So, so let's talk about how to fight this deck, uh disrupt this deck particularly. Um gods, like we've been talking about, are they're hard to deal with and they are just they're a pain in the butt, really. If you're not if you don't have something in your deck to deal with it and it's like Perforos is out. The timer's on, right? Everyone yeah. set the doomsday clock to six because that's how many turns we have left, or four or whatever it is. Um and that's why we have the wonderful word called tuck or exile and things that get rid of enchantments specifically. So chaos warp is one of my all go-to favorites for this. Um, chaos warp is extremely good. If you're playing red, too. you need to have it in there. It deals with almost anything in a yeah. way that's really hard for our format to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. it's better than exile because if you need to exile a commander, then they put it back in the command zone. Yeah. But putting that commander back into their deck somewhere and, Oof. you know, like Chaos Warp, there's a downside. They could draw it, but the chances are really slim of that happening. Yeah. Uh, let's read Chaos Warp really quick for those that Oh, don't yeah, know sure. Game. So Chaos Warp is two and a red for an instant in red. And uh, the reason that Chaos Warp is so great is because it's just not an effect you see in red ever. Um, it's the owner of target permanent shuffles it into his or her library, then reveals the top card of their library. If it's a permanent card, they put it onto the battlefield. So you're essentially just churning tr- in one thing and then pulling out whatever else is on top, and hopefully it's not a permanent. But sometimes you can Chaos Warp something and actually get it back that same I've turn. I've seen that happen like once ever. Yeah, but mm-hmm. most times like you're hitting a land, you're hitting a spell, you're hitting a creature. But for the most part, 
you're very happy to pay three man to turn whatever that opponent has into something that's way less Well, powerful. something like 50% of the time, they flip over their top card, it's a land. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, it's not their general, which their whole deck is built around. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you don't care what that card is. Even if it's the next worst card in their deck, it's still better than their general being on the table. Yep. And this deck in, in particular is very focused around having Xenagos out. I mean, if Xenagos isn't out, if I'm he guessing... Isn't out, I'm not winning. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you may that, not be losing, but you're certainly not winning. Certainly yeah. not winning. Um, so that's a good one. I'm going to mention Oblation really quick, which is just a white version of Chaos Warp. It mm-hmm. does the exact same thing, except for instead of the flip the permanent thing, it, it, it you just draw two cards, or the person who got their thing tucked draws two cards. So two and a white, instant, the owner of target non-land permanent shuffles it into her or her library, then draws two cards. Yeah, the I, upsides here are much better than the downsides. Yeah, I believe that's in the new, the white yes, uh, 2014 is. Commander. Mm-hmm. Same and, with Chaos Warp. Yeah. Yep, and mm-hmm. it's just getting to the point with the gods that I think that Oblation and Chaos Warp are actually, like Oblation's almost as better than Path to Exile now. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, Path to Exile only costs one mana. That's what it's got going for it. But Oblation actually deals with things in a way that's better than Exile. Like, yeah. Path to Exile does nothing against the gods, and there's so many gods running around as commanders right now, and they're so powerful. And it takes it takes Path to Exile and turns it into a, like almost like a normal removal spell, which is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's uh, a couple blue cards which I've been using in my decks that uh, because our beta is filled with gods, we have mm-hmm. our other friend ha- has a Phoenix deck as well, right? So uh, it's called Void Stalker. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, now, now this one only works if their uh, god is a creature. So if you can somehow like trick them into um, into becoming a creature, uh, Void Stalker <laughs> is a creature, is elemental. It's one in a blue. Uh, has the activated ability of uh, two in a blue. Tap it. Put Void Stalker and target creature on top of their owner's libraries. Then those players shuffle their libraries. Yeah. So Oof. see you you're, later. You're tucking. You're tucking something. The yeah. great thing is if you're if you're running blue and if you're running something with a lot of blink, uh, maybe uh, you can actually put stack Void Stalker's it. ability on the stack, blink him, bring him back on yep. your side. And then only your opponent's creature will get shuffled. Well, then in. you get to tuck something next turn and exactly. next turn and next keep turn. Doing. Yeah, well, it's it, pretty if great. If it comes into play untapped, you can just do it again. <laughs> That's true. Well, well no, it will have summoning sickness. Yeah. But if you oh, have haste, right, if you have right, haste right. Gotcha. you'd have to be able to flicker it again. It, yeah, you could do crazy things, I yes. think. Yes. It's, it's, honestly, I'm surprised I don't see it in more commander yeah, decks. I, yeah, I, I, it's I a great card. There. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, the other one I'd point out is Utter End. Which is just a card I think is just going to go up and up in value. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. It's just uh, two, a white and a black, and it just exile target online permanent at instant speed. at instant speed. So yeah. it's vindicate, but it can't hit lands, but it's instant and not sorcery. So people have been arguing about like which one's better. I think most of the time you just want both if you can. But yeah. vindicate costs like fifteen bucks, and utter end costs eighty five cents. So yeah, yeah. it's that's just, my kind of card. Yeah, exactly. You want to so, be exiling yeah. stuff too. <laughs> now, now that's just going to deal with Xenagos for now. Right. But you can mm-hmm. usually, like, he casts, you know, Ghoul Tree, uh, or I'm just using that one, but Hydra Omnivore, and then he's, like, about to go to combat, and you can exile Xenagos so that he never gets the haste and the plus whatever, plus whatever. Right. And then, he, right. yeah, he's going to cast Xenagos next turn, mm-hmm. but that gives the table one entire rotation to deal with this, or you to get ready or whatever, mm-hmm. which oftentimes is enough to sort of really mitigate what's going to happen. This just came to my mind, but you know what's an, uh, a thing that they're doing now with the with the uh, Fate Reforged and uh, Dragons uh, already court uh, Absent Advantage is mm-hmm. an, is, mm-hmm. a, is a interesting card. Uh, they have to oh, sacrifice right. they have to a sacrifice an enchantment. Yeah, yep. that would work. It would totally work. And there's er- an, Erase anyone, is a yeah. card that's recently Deicide is mm-hmm. another one. Mm-hmm. They put in they put in cards to deal with the indestructible enchantments because. Up until before, like a couple of years ago, there was not very many cards that exiled an enchantment because no, you yeah. didn't ever need to because they didn't really have indestructible enchantments. So 
yeah. you know, they're coming out with more. But I think, you know, you want a card in your deck like Chaos Warp, Oblation, Utter End that also deals with other permanents. Right. Because right. you don't want to ha- be like, well, I'm not playing against a god deck, so this card is just absolutely worthless, <laughs> you know. So I, I would I would steer towards cards that have, like, more versatility. Um, so that's something to deal with the commander. The next section I would say was just stuff that stops things from attacking is yeah. really powerful because this mm-hmm. deck is just going to try and hit you with one or two creatures. So... We've talked about these cards a lot. I won't read them, but like Ghostly Prison, Propaganda, Collective Restraint, um, Megas of the Moat, Peacekeeper. They either people don't get to attack at all. They can only uh, attack with things that fly, or they have to pay mana when they attack. Because this is a mana hungry deck. Like it's going to play a big creature and on the same turn want to attack with it. Well, it usually used all its mana to place the big creature, and all of a sudden, like if you have propaganda out it, a lot of times i notice you don't have two extra mana to right. attack me oh yeah. for sure and that's the best case scenario actually because now he can still attack the other guys yeah, yeah. exactly so it's like you're turning this thing that should be a threat to you into like something that's actually kind of on your side well yeah the big thing is, is like if you attack someone else and you can't kill them you're you have to keep going after them and strategically it's the most sound thing for you to do is to take one person out at a time instead of building you know like taking three people somewhat down and having everyone just be angry at you right yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like Craig says, like, you know, you got to be like that dog. You got to, like, once you got your, your mouth on the throat, you just yeah, can't, like, go. go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Step on his neck, Homer yeah. Simpson. Yeah. Um, it's really just about that one, like, deflection. Just moving it across from you to someone else that one time, and it's worth it for the rest of the game. Once, I'm, I'm really actually quite poor at that, too, because I, <laughs> I always take a big swing at someone, and I'll go, like, cool, swung at them for a lot. Anyways, I'll focus my attention elsewhere now. And I'm like, why am I doing that? No, no, you just made one guy mad. Yeah. One thing I will say is uh, we see quite a few of these types of effects, and I've noticed that your deck actually deals with them pretty well. Uh, we've, we've had to deal with uh, propaganda a bunch, mm-hmm. and... You, you propaganda very prevalent in our meta. Very prevalent. Mm-hmm. So, so I've noticed that you sometimes, like most times, will only swing at the one big dude because that's yeah. all you need to do. And you know, pay, paying the extra two mana sometimes not is deal. not a big deal. It's right. not like he's attacking with ten creatures, right? Especially you, if you're ramping the entire time. As exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. So, so it might it, be the turn it comes out. Maybe you don't do that, but that guy's still going to be out there. Yeah. And you know, potentially the next turn you could have an extra two mana up because of exploration right. and stuff like that. You're pumping out too, anyways. One thing that really hosed you uh, in the game that uh, you Scott and I played before we came here to play with you guys is I had a card called Azorius Guildmage out, and uh, it's a uh, it's a hybrid blue white. Um, it's a creature. It's a two two. It has two abilities on it. One is like tuna blue counteract uh, activated ability. The other is tuna white tap target creature. Yep. Oh uh, yeah. Just turn tap it off target big creature, dude. and I just kept tapping yep. Brendan's. You know, because because um, it's beginning of combat, right? So yep. it's yep. before he declares attacker. So he goes beginning combat. Okay, I'll pump this guy, and I go tuna white tap it. Peace. Like done. You yeah. just wasted your whole ability. Yep. Maze Citadel of siege. Citadel siege. Yes. Yeah. Citadel mm-hmm. siege is a new card that would really shut down. Do you have to deck. tap that at combat? It's beginning of combat. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 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 Um, there's uh this actually kind of leads into the next category which i called just stuff that stops mm. haste yeah and just like blind obedience frozen ether um kismet all of that will tap your stuff this is all stuff that m- means your opponent's things come into play already tapped right yeah and that's just another thing you know with decks like this i'm usually trying to just stop that that out of nowhere haymaker you know hopefully if you've built your built your deck correctly once you have time to untap your mana get everything situated you're you're hopefully okay you know you can keep a blocker up where you maybe you didn't have one ready or a couple of blockers or you can like leave your mana open because you didn't know to before you know and yeah and this sort of gives you that one turn where it's like okay 
there's still a big creature there, but now I'm ready to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You Sometimes know, you that's just the scary need that thing about turn. haste. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll just board wipe, you know, and just mm-hmm. like we'll we'll push it to one more turn. So mm-hmm. yeah, I th- I think those effects again, they're just gonna they're just gonna halt it. Yeah, they're not gonna like sh- these aren't these aren't effects that are like your deck's done and can't do anything. It's just like okay. We're just giving ourselves enough time to have a chance against it. Yeah. yeah. And the last thing here, of course, is just instant speed, targeted removal, swords to plowshares, uh, path to exile, anything that can get rid of, like, all right, I pumped this guy, I, like, I'm going in all the way, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, no blockage. You're like, all right, I'm going to pump him again with another spell. You're like, all right, boom, path to exile. You know, just like something that can just easily, just sort of like the swift, you know, samurai sword just cuts off the, uh, the head of the, whatever, the attacking enemy it's like oh i'm safe i'm good got rid of the one big thing that i needed to so i'm good for now it's also really good against this deck because listen you're going to begin combat i don't know who you're attacking Mm -hmm. if you're going to swing an andy for 24 i'm super happy about it so i don't actually want to kill that thing if i don't have to because you're just helping me but if you happen to say you know look at me and send that thing my way then oh well now i'm going to path it so that's sort of the versatility that that gives you is it like hey i'm going to just let you go if you're going to if you're going to wail on that other guy. But if it's at me, then all of a sudden... Then you hit the kill switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you can also use that to your advantage by just, like, show it to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be like, yeah. hey, listen, do you want to <laughs> yeah. do, do some damage or no damage? It's your call. Because yeah. the some damage just won't be to me. Source of Plowshares see, has See the... how he's talking right now? I know. See right how now he just convinces you? Yeah. We're not even playing, but I'm like, well, okay, I won't Whoa. attack you. <laughs> <laughs> Source of Plowshares has the added uh, bonus, though, for Brennan. It's like, oh, well, then I just gained you 50 life. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Sure. Yeah. And that's happened before, and it sucks. <laughs> well, you know, another way to disrupt the deck, I guess, is just have Josh talk to you for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you have effectively de- dodged it. Um, like so, saying, I know I'm out in the parking lot. I don't yeah. know where I am. Speaking of dodging disruption, that is our final category for this deck, is just how to get around these certain things um and i like the first category here just because it's it is really so important and just tutoring just yeah, being able yeah. to get the answer you need to stop something when you know it's happening or you're like oh this person's playing these colors this is what can really house me like i need to get get a way to get that into my hand or, or just your just as Enigos. i mean this deck is so focused around its commander that you know you don't want it to be in a situation where they chaos warp Xenagos and you're you're you might as well just concede you yeah, want to yeah. be like oh well I can draw Xenagos, I can draw Worldly Tutor, I can draw, you know, Fauna Shaman, I can draw whatever. Mm-hmm. Primal uh, the, Command. Yeah, there's four yeah, or exactly. five cards, uh, or that, that what was that one card we couldn't pronounce, that guy that goes and finds Mulanvoli. Mulanvoli. That guy, you know, so yeah, you just want to have a chance to draw something that gets you Xenagos, you yeah. know, when it gets stuck. So I think that's the way around the Chaos Warps and stuff. Um, the second is just Mass Enchantment or Artifact Disruption, because... You know, if they're going to be playing propagandas and blind obediences and a bunch of stuff like that, then you're going to want back to nature. Mm-hmm. You know, the great thing is this deck doesn't have a lot of enchantments. So back yeah. to nature is one in a green for an instant destroy all enchantments. Well, that's Except not going to destroy Xenagos, and yeah. you don't have any other enchantments, really. So all of a sudden, you're just going to wipe every... And enchantments are so powerful in EDH anyway yeah. that anytime I've got a deck where I don't have a certain category like artifacts enchantments whatever then i want stuff that kills all of that category because oh, yeah. it doesn't oh, hurt point. me at all yep yeah it's uh, it's it's actually like another reason why i mean i know these aren't really the colors for it but board wipes actually are a really good idea for mm-hmm. a deck like this i know of your haste and, and yeah. also because of your your general right yeah. like i have an afara deck that's just like i'll board wipe at any time because you guys all have nothing and i, I still, still have, have my general yeah. yeah it's great yeah it's a really good point um vandal blast is another one you don't have a ton of artifacts uh, Overload. Just able, and artifacts are going to be some of those things where, you know, artifacts are the type of things that can can just stop all attacks. What's that white creature, that Archon? 
blazing archon or something you just can't be attacked yes, you can't like, oh can't, right yeah, yeah. just stops yeah. attacks yeah, yeah, yeah it's there's white has a lot of effects like that so just being able to just blow it all up is mm-hmm. pretty can be good again you know you want to be careful i'm get, we're notice we're going to mention all this stuff that dodges their disruption but the deck needs a lot of creatures that balance you don't want to like shove in a ton of this stuff and all of a sudden like hyper specific all the situational yeah all of a sudden your deck is can like deal with all these things and it can't do what it's supposed to do yeah which is bash in with big creatures so mm-hmm. we're, we're we're playing with five six slots in the deck total mm-hmm. here you know yeah. uh tutors are always good because they are a creature mm-hmm. um because that's what they're going to go find so that's fine but the, as far as like mass enchantment artifacts fact disruption one or two you know not a lot but but you want to have a chance against those things that could potentially just shut you totally out of the game um oh and the last one is just stuff that stops target removal your archetype of um endurance yep is one of those yeah i think it might be worth it to put maybe one more asceticism yeah asceticism not cheap yeah creatures it says creatures you control can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control it's just been amended oh creatures you control have hex proof and then one in the green regenerate target creature that's amazing. One of the green for to do that to do that to anything on your board or someone else's board. Mm-hmm. You have to play the politic game. It's it's pretty. Yeah, actually, pretty I've seen important. asceticism used a lot to regenerate somebody else's creature in exchange yeah. for another favor. Oh, like, yeah. hey, I can save that thing, you know. But I, you know, can you do this for me? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So X proof is very important in this deck, and it's something that you really don't get as much in these colors. I don't think. No. Um, so it is nice again, like blanket effects. Asceticism just gives every creature you control hex proof. That's ugh, that's that's good. <laughs> So really quick, Brendan, yes. now that we're wrapping up, okay. do you want to tell us just sort of how this deck plays, what your generous strategy is, like what are you thinking while while you're playing? Uh, most, mostly what we've been talking about. Like it, it, this deck plays really fun. Like it's really fun because it's like, it's kind of this um, throwback deck where it's like magic is, is kind of just, you know, traditionally is like, Okay, I'm going to put down a creature and then I'm going to attack with it, and then that's the the way the game goes back and forth, you know, at this very base level. And you just feel like you're going back and doing this very base level thing, mm-hmm. where um, you know, a lot of commander ends up being with like s- certain interactions. And can I get this engine going? And I put right. down these pieces, and then I'm I'm just cranking away and I'm churning this thing. And it's it's super fun to just sometimes just go back and go like, here's a big dumb idiot. He's coming <laughs> at you. Can you deal with this immediate threat in front of your face? Yeah. What will your gifts? Do, you know, what yeah, will yeah. Your, yeah. Your little tinkering do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so it was super fun that way. And then, yeah, it's just trying to put down uh, big creatures. And then also, like, one or two things, like a Warstorm Surge or, like, a uh, you know, like the, the Mage Slayer to just, you know, offset. Just to get it through. And yeah. get extra stuff in. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's kind of, it's really straightforward, basic idea. It's, it's got one idea in it, really. I've seen this deck either dominate so hard yeah. that no one had a chance to do anything, or just, like, get really hosed and watch you just get frustrated for the whole game. Oh, yeah, definitely. If you if you, if you you get mana screwed, this deck yeah. sucks. Yeah, well, most, that, most yeah. decks do. There's very yeah. few that... I think yeah. this one in particular punishes you for stumbling, because you're trying to put other people on the back foot, and as soon as you're put on the back foot, and people are able to be like, alright, cool, like let's start picking off his creatures one by one. Mm. Then you're in a bit of a more dangerous position. I don't but know, it still I, has the ability. But it to still has the ability to like. Nowhere. It's yeah. kind of like Rocky, where he just gets yes. hit a whole bunch, and then yeah. all of a sudden he just lands a punch, and you're like, "Whoa!" What hey, you, you can't like let up on Brendan when he's playing the stack, right? You might like you might be like, "Oh, he's getting land like land screwed. Like, let's not attack him right now." <laughs> he's getting land screwed, and, and then like, it's like he drops ready. one, and then bam, he's in with twelve, twelve, and you're like, "I only had twelve life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's over." Yeah, yeah. That it reminded me of just throwing haymakers. That's just yeah. what mm-hmm. the deck was doing, and and even when there was nothing else on the board, and I'm looking at him like. 
nope, he could literally just kill yeah. these two people. Like, yeah. if he just happens to draw, you know, even with zero cards in hand, mm. it's like, well, if he just draws a creature that's 8-8 eight, eight or bigger, then, some, then one of these two people are dead because they just, you know... They don't have a creature, and they don't appear to have any way to deal with it. I yeah. mean, unless they have instant speed removal, they're just like hoping he doesn't top deck something. So it's it's a lot of good fun. I mean, it also changes the way the whole table has to oh, play. Oh, absolutely! Like, like yeah, this general can uh, like attract a lot of attention too, mm-hmm. right? It's almost like Nekusar when you say like people will just attack you because they know it's coming, mm-hmm. right? Well, mm-hmm. you see Xenagos out there. It's like I can't deal with that. As a as a card itself, and then I know I know what you have in there. You must have a bunch of huge monsters, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not hard to get it going. Exactly. So yeah. it, it could like it can uh, uh, end up with you getting ganged up on early because they don't want to see these monsters come at them, right? I've seen that happen too, and well, you but know then what? I just get Josh to do all my talking for me, and everything. Yeah, fine. and then You're it's good. fine. That's those are situations you can definitely talk yourself out of. <laughs> <laughs> I actually build my decks towards that. It's true. Now. You totally can. I build my decks towards like. Like oh I don't need a lot of stuff early I'll just use, I'll just talk people out of attacking me early like, right. yeah I don't I don't need any three drops we're on to you now. <laughs> Josh is all about those words and it's uh, helped him but you know what Josh I was gonna say this at the beginning of the episode I see right through yeah, I know <laughs> or maybe I don't and now we do too yeah, yeah there we go um, all right it was fun to do a commander too that is cheap like anybody can go oh, out and right. build this deck and you know you can like we've we try and do this, but mm-hmm. we've talked recently about some more expensive decks, and this is definitely one you can go out. And man, it was competitive with my Nekusar deck, which is probably a two thousand dollar deck. Like, yeah. yeah, pardon me, pardon me. Well, I mean, <laughs> I didn't spend that amount of money, but it's got ten dual lands in it. So yeah, how much is that's that? True. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, that's like I had those from the old days, but that the deck value is there, and and. That deck was scary. Like it literally, I don't know. I don't remember if you killed me or he not, won. but yeah, won you the, won that game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that like, that's pretty, that's pretty high praise. Like the deck can sit down. It's probably 50, 60 bucks and it can definitely swing with the big boys. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, it's I, rocky, man. Yeah. So I would say like, this is a good one to look at if you're looking for a, a budget deck that you want to be competitive and yeah. it's totally fun. So if you're a Timmy. Yeah, this, a good one. Is you're a yeah. this is yeah. your deck. Yeah, it's definitely Timmy. And you can build a dragon, tr- dragon tribal and stuff too. You can just oh, yeah. go any different direction with it, which is great. Um, the the colors red, green are also great for tokens. You know, you can find ways of just getting getting stuff in there. That's that's just oh man, there's so many different ways to build this deck, and I can imagine one that just overwhelms in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. Especially in these colors. The new set coming out too looks great for this deck too. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh absolutely. Because you're gonna have flyers in green. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. normally that was probably the the thing that kept this deck a little bit in check is mm-hmm. like yeah, trample is good, but it's not as good as flying. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. flying is just like hey, you can't block any of the damage if you don't have a flyer. Yeah. And looking around the table at any given commander game at any moment, there's usually you're lucky if ever like never does every player have a flyer. Yeah. So everyone's got their little tappy dudes that do silly tappy. They're things. doing crazy stuff, and one guy's got a flyer, and you're like, well, I just want to attack that guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, let's move on to the end step. All right, that this about is, wraps it up yeah, for us. We this got... is the part of the show where we talk about something cool outside of the world of magic. Yeah. I There's nothing. Is, is there something? <laughs> yeah, there? we're moving anything? on to the end of it. That's it, guys. So, Jimmy, do you have a cool thing? I do, actually. It's also a card game. So it's in the same realm, but it's different slightly. It's called Star Realms, and it's something that... Uh, exists both on paper and online for Android, for your phone, for Mac and PC. And it's actually built by Magic Hall of Famers Darwin Castle and Rob Doherty. Uh, And Rob Doherty also created Ascension, which is another deck-building game. And this is essentially spaceship combat in space. Uh, There are four 
you essentially have a, a group of cards in the middle, and you have money, and you have cards that attack the other player. You have 50 life. You buy the cards in the middle, you shuffle it back into your deck, and you draw it each time. And you start mm. with five. Uh, you start with 10 cards, and your deck by the end is about 20 or so. And you're essentially creating your own strategy based on what's on the board. And that's why I love deck building games, because every single time it's completely different. It's built on uh, what is in front of you, because that could be different every single time too. So it's it's really interesting to try and build a strategy for a game that has so much variance in it. And it's a ton of fun because you can also play online. So if you guys want to find me online, my username is JF Wong, which is the same as my Twitter. And we can play a match in like 10 minutes. Cool. And it's great. Cool. You just sit down and play it and you're done. You can do it on your phone or wherever. And it's a bunch of fun, really deep gameplay. I've been playing a bunch with Gavin recently, actually, and he is destroying I'm me. sure he's very good at it yeah. because Gavin tends to be you know, good at these type of things. <laughs> uh, how about you guys? You got anything cool outside the world of magic to, that's going on? Well, you can always go to check out Space Janitors at spacejanitors.com and, at, of course, at uh, Geek and Sundry uh, on YouTube. Uh, look us up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Andy just uh, shot a, a promo video for Geek and Sundry for their International Tabletop Day, which is coming up. Oh, right. Uh, Very cool. The, the uh, video is all about the game Flux. Excellent. That's right. Yeah, we. Uh, that was a fun time. That, that was, was a fun time. time. So that'll be coming out. That should be good. Should yeah, be fun. Should be fun. Uh, also, I uh, am the co-host and producer of, a, of another podcast. Uh, called the first time ever podcast with Norm Souza, <laughs> and that's my co-host and our and uh, mine and Brendan's good friend Norm Souza. Um, if you're the co-host, I'm the. I know people have said this before, you but it really have. They <laughs> really should be with Norman. Listen, let's bring Norman here and have him talk about. It. No, I, it's you know what uh, the like uh, the following is like. It's mostly like Norm had a podcast before, so a mm-hmm. lot of people are left over from that. So really, it's like his podcast that I got him to 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 restart again and make it only about this thing where what it is, is we take people who uh, have never seen maybe like a, um, uh, a really popular movie or something and we'll watch it with them and then talk about it after. Yep. Oh, and I'm actually coming on to the show very cool. soon. Jimmy will be on the show uh, yeah. coming up soon. So uh, oh, my invitation must have got left in the mail. Josh, hmm? I was going to invite you kidding. next. Josh, Don't worry. <laughs> Josh talked his way out of it. Actually, at the table. <laughs> my table politics. The other Wait, like, yeah, We're exactly. Invite you. <laughs> Screw you, pal. <laughs> That's how it works. But yeah, it's uh, first yeah. time ever. Check it you'll, out. You'll be on the uh, you'll be on the podcast when you show up for season four of Space Channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And as always, all the links for all this stuff is in the uh, more info box below on YouTube and also the show notes. So it's all there and we'll tweet it all out as well. Uh, and I actually have another book. I guess oh, I read nice. a lot because um, there's a book called The Skull Throne. It's by an author called Peter V. Brett, and it's actually the fourth in a series. So I just wanted to give everybody enough lead time to read the previous the three. Demon Cycles. Because series. it comes out on Mar- at the end of this month, The Skull Throne does. So the first book is called The Painted Man. The second is called The oh, Desert right. Spear. And the last is called The Daylight War. I'm sorry. Actually, The Painted Man was called The Warded Man when the I read Warded it. Man. Interesting. Yeah. Man. Maybe I'm reading the the European titles. It's The Warded Man, The Desert Spear, The Daylight War. Very cool books. They're set in a fantasy realm. I won't get into it too much. But if you've liked the other books that we've talked about, and I know a lot of people read The Magician. Some mm. people read Red Rising. I've talked about a few others. Uh, this book is definitely on par with all that stuff. So it'd be something to check out. Sweet. Again, it's called The Skull Throne, Peter V. Brett. And, you know... You, Every, probably, you probably want to read the other ones in the series. The covers to all these books look like magic cards. They look like magic cards. I was just going to say yeah, that. It yeah, might yeah. be a reason I was drawn to Although I bought it on Kindle and never saw the cover, so never mind. But you thought about magic stuff when you were reading it, right? Of course. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's like demons and swords and magic. and that Of course. That's a magic card. That yeah. is a the magic Skull card. Throne cover is straight yeah. up. The yeah. Skull <laughs> Throne cover yeah. looks like Anna Fenza or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. right. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely looks like Obzon. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right, guys. One more time. 
at Space Janitors on Twitter, mm-hmm. at, at Space Janitors, at Brendo Halloran, and at Andy Holbone. Andy Holbone, that's right. That's my weird uh, nickname from uh, our sketch troupe that we were in. So. We used to like <laughs> to put bone on the end of everyone's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. All right. Um, um, you guys can find their stuff at geekandsundry.com, yeah. or you can just go to spacejanders.com, or youtube.com slash spacejanders, or youtube.com slash geekandsundry. <laughs> it's all there. The Highly full recommended. Definitely yes. check out this series. Especially if you're a fan of Star Wars. Especially. But even if you're not, like, it's damn funny. Like, just general sci-fi. Just check it out. Yeah, good. it's yeah. great. Um, so definitely don't miss that. I did want to say uh, thanks to everybody who's been uh, giving us reviews on iTunes. Um, that's really nice. And if you haven't hit subscribe button yet, help us out. Hit that subscribe button. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you. You stole my lunch. Oh, I did. Peace. Uh, and love. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.